Alrighty, guys. It's um, it's Fonzie here, and I'm here with Will Evans and Brad Larkey. How are you, boys? Yeah, good, mate. Good to see your face again. Yeah, it is good. good Cheers mate. to you, Chin Chin. Uh, yeah, we're good. We're good over this side of the Tassie. Yeah, you're in the you're in the south South Island, so no lockdown where you are. Well, um, level two, mate. Level, level two. It's not, all, yeah, it's not, not all peaches and cream here. What, yeah. what does level two mean, real quick? Um, it's level Any one. public area with masks. masks. Yeah. Okay, okay. But no every, no every, gatherings every, over 50. Everyone goes to work and everything. Yeah, I, if you yeah, can work from home, it's sort of advised to work from home. Okay. But you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. School's back, school's back, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's not bad. It's still a pain in the ass. Went to Rebel Sport this afternoon to try and find some new shoes and i'm in there in a mask my glasses fogging up like an idiot <laughs> yeah so it's still a pain in the ass in one door and there's all these tags and then out the other but it's quite good it's quiet though because yeah. they can only let so many people in this you know what rebel sports i don't know if it's the same in aussie but that shoe area is just like an explosion's gone off constantly just yeah. shoes littered everywhere so it was quite nice actually just having the run of the place so yeah. quiet but foggy is how you would sum up level two there it is yeah, yeah. I reckon. I mean, we're in the highest Sydney's ever got to, but it's probably only level three for you guys. I would say, based on that, like, yeah, um, a lot of the childcare centres are closed, schools are closed. Well, they're they you can send your kids, but they tell you not to, so it's a bit weird. Like, it's like, well, do I? Can <laughs> so I? There is someone to accept them. <laughs> yeah. it's like, we'll take them, but we don't want you to bring them. Um, so it's yeah, it's a bit like that. So it's been a long sort of drudgery really for the last seven eight weeks um and um yeah i thought it was a good sort of opportunity to have a chat to you boys over a couple of beers and there's probably a lot of people in sydney and auckland and elsewhere who um probably missing sitting around having beers with people and talking warriors and um this is far from going to be as good as that but we'll hit record and um yeah bring them in yeah, see, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, see how it runs. See how it runs. What have you been up to, Will? What's the, what, have we got some sort of run sheet? How, what are we going to cover today? Um, I don't know, mate, but a bit of brownie chat. I, yeah. I, yeah, Fonzie and I are slightly at odds, I guess, of, of where we stand on our coach. Um, a little bit Probably of... gloss over CHT, sort of yeah, sniffing CHT. around, being told but, to look around. Yeah. Um, bit of... Uh, a bit of news today that we're we've been chatting with Ash Taylor, so uh, yeah, get, get your boys' thoughts on that. Yeah, and yeah, maybe uh, our best seventeen, how that might look for twenty twenty two. What do you reckon, Fonz? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I saw a couple of requ- I didn't ask for questions on Twitter, but people chucked them in anyway. So <laughs> at at some point, if we struggle, I'll flick in and and go through them. Um, but. Um, yeah. Any any news on the This Warriors Life site? How's um how's uh you know the the page the pod going? Any plans for summer? You know. Oh, look at uh, this time of the year. I'm I'm just looking forward look forward to not thinking about the Warriors too much for a month or so. Um, maybe dip into a bit of history stuff and then maybe a bit of review stuff a bit later. Um, but yeah, been a little bit quiet on it since um, at 44 now thrashing at the hands of the Titans. Um, Brad and I did a pod last week, fairly uh, depressing stuff. It was a downbeat pod, yeah. That's it. I think after the season we've had, I, I, I wouldn't mind four weeks off just to 
Mm. Everything that we speak about the Warriors at the moment seems to always be on a, in quite a negative state, and it, it, it tuckers you out. It tuckers well, you out. So I reckon we'll pop into it once we see some signings pop up and have something to look forward yeah. to and a bit of a light at the end of a tunnel sort of scenario going on. Because they did finish pretty negatively compared to, say, last season and even yeah. season before to a certain extent. So, yeah, it has been a little bit hard to be upbeat. Mm. Mm. But you, yes. you keep the uh, Warriors Twitterverse, uh, you know, taking their fonts. Oh, mate, I'll, th- I'll throw something out every now and then. I'm going to do a proper season review at some point, maybe grand final week, but then I'll uh, probably put the queue in the rack for the year as well and focus on something that actually gets me paid or um, contributes to society. Yeah. You know, so. it's, um, popped up. Where is the grand final being played? Sun. Up in Suncorp, yeah. It is at Suncorp, is it? And how's Queensland looking COVID-wise? Oh, you've got a mate in Goldie that's starting to pop up a few up there, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit. They've sort of had a case here and there, but they've, they're have yeah. pretty quick on the draw on the lockdowns up there, and okay. um, they've managed to squash it so far. But there's got to be a risk, yeah. I mean, every week that goes by where there's not a lockdown that stuffs the comp up, I think the NRL sort of breathes a sigh of relief. But they, mm. they sort of keep climbing north, so they've got games in Mackay, <laughs> which is about 10 hours north of... The of, final's um, going to be in the Philippines. Yeah, it's <laughs> right, to be on Cook Island or something, just, um, <laughs> just, just off, off the coast up there in your Papua New Guinea. But they're, they're sort of climbing north, and um, the virus doesn't seem to climb as far north. So I'm sure they're across it. I mean, if there's one thing the NRL's done pretty well, I think it's handled COVID. Same with the Warriors, actually. If there's one thing they've done pretty well, it's handled COVID. They really yeah. have. You've got to give it to them on that. Imagine a final at Port Moresby. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be, Jeez, be really that good. Would be septic. Yeah, I've, that would be I've been to Port Moresby, actually. And um, you? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty crazy place. It's <laughs> Work or pleasure? Um, no, just I had a mate who was working up there, and so he got – like he was one of my best mates, and he got our little sort of crew to come across for a couple of weeks. We did some hiking up the highlands up there and um, did some diving on the north coast and – yeah, it was um, it was pretty wild. I would I wouldn't do it now. Yeah, at, yeah. At, uh, my father-in-law, at rest is Tracy's hus- uh, father. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of rivers. He introduced farming over there yeah. in the seventies, and he's got a lot of rivers and towns and that named after him over there. And he, they still get gifts from the villagers, like stuffed alligators and that, like getting amazing. sent over. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So she's got quite a good, cool connection with old Papua New Guinea. Like you said, I wouldn't go there now. Jeez, what? I had knives in my throat a couple of times when I was there, and, and what? it was yeah, and it was, um, you know, I was single at the time, and it was sort of funny, like I don't know, but looking back, we we weren't, um, yeah, we were, I mean, we we just got a local and hired a Ute and drove through the highlands and climbed the highest mountain in Papua New Guinea, and then, yeah, um, cruised back down and flew up to the north, and even yeah, it was just. There was some – I won't go into it now because we'll spend ages talking about it, but there was some just craziness. Yeah, craziness. yeah. I got another mate, linesman – sorry, we're not <laughs> – how's this Warriors chat? Uh, <laughs> I got another mate, worked at his linesman, and uh, he was in helicopters checking power lines and that through. And he'd, see, he'd fly over, like, tribes and that in the highlands that had never seen a helicopter before. Yeah. So they didn't know what it was, and they were throwing rocks and spears at the helicopter thinking they were going to drop it out of a place. It's Yeah, far out, untouched. Untouched. Hold you in good stead for your eventual visit to the west coast of New Zealand. Yeah, that's right. Pretty similar, mate. 
that's it. But, well, when we go white baiting fonts, you have to come over and come white baiting, bud. Yeah, I'd love to, mate. I really would, mm. actually. Oh, sweet. Uh, what what news has popped up? Well, what do we got? Well, do, do you want to do? Do you want to do Ash Taylor first? Because I'm saying yeah, Twitter's, well. blow, Twitter's blowing up about it. People yeah. are getting a bit excited. Very we need um, to calm, calm him down, Will. What's the go with Ash Taylor? Okay, so Michael Carianis from The Telegraph is reporting that he was spotted chatting to, was it Cameron George and Nathan Brown? Um, yep. Yeah, and apparently we're likely to make a play for him. I mean, you know, they're just chatting. doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anything, but um, some people pretty pretty off it or on Twitter, the fans, um, even Dyke Enwood came out firing. He's Did a he? little die. Uh, Shout out to Ty, by the way. Yeah. 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 Champion. Yeah. Champion bloke. Um, but yeah, he's, he asked us to dispel the rumors that, that's happening. Um, Your thoughts, your initial thoughts. Yeah. I, I actually don't mind it. I, I wouldn't want it to be, at the expense of Chanel Harris DeVita leaving immediately, and, and Ash Taylor's our number one pick to to play six or seven alongside SJ. But I don't, I don't mind it if he's you know in a sort of debt position. It seems like Sean O'Sullivan's on our, on his way out, and Ash Taylor's inconsistent as he's been since he was a breakout rookie. I think he's got a pretty big upside. Bonds. Oh, mate, give him the keys. Get rid of SJ. No. Um, <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I think um, – I don't think CHT is going anywhere next year. So he's there. Johnson's there. So this is a straight swap for O'Sullivan who doesn't look like he's taken the the gig and he's better than O'Sullivan because he's played, I don't know, what, 100 first-row games? Yeah. yeah, he's he's 26 years old. Um, so he's in his prime. Uh, he's got a busted hip. He needs needling to play, I think. So he's not a guy you want to rely on for 26 rounds and so on. But it, the article said it was like a quarter of what he's on now. So he's on about a million or something. So they call it 250, right? 250K, Ash Taylor in your back pocket, you know, when you need – I mean, that's that's good. That's a good yeah. thing if we get yeah. that, I reckon. I'd um I'd be happy with that signing. I, I think I'd, I'd be happy with an Ash Taylor on without the pressure of a million over him. And once yep. we do get back to the likes of this side of the Tasman without being the limelight – and Aussie, the media scrutiny that that young kid's been put through, I think that's a lot of his form dip has been the pressure he's been under. Um, yeah, I'd love an Ash Taylor. And I don't know, how many teams... So is, are we the only ones interested in the kid? Well, there was a bit of talk about Canberra maybe at one point. Oh, there was. But, he's but where would you like, rather go? Canberra or Auckland? Well, really? yeah, or Redcliffe, he's, he's just going oh, yeah. um, yeah, to pack his bags and and uh, you could hear just about Uber to his new... New digs. Yeah. That's the thing, because he won't have to move. And like no one wants to give him a long deal because, you know, nah. there's history and so on and medical stuff. So if it's a one-year deal, well, he can only go to Brisbane, Gold Coast or the Warriors and not yeah. have to move. And you're not moving your whole family for a one-year deal, are you? So if Brisbane and Gold Coast don't want him, and we know Gold Coast don't, then mm. it's actually pretty good for both. Yeah, and if it he, is. If he, needs need, if he needs needling to play then he might like the idea that he might only play 10, 12 games next year. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think if he, you know, the chances are he's not going to turn into a superstar again, but he's played most of his NRL career alongside Tyron Roberts, Jamal yeah. Foggy. Yeah. Chuck him yeah. with alongside SJ and he might, you know, yep. start finding a bit of that. 
Give him a decent dance partner, mate. Mm, yeah. Um, um, and what yeah. about CHT? Well, what yeah, if, if we, Yeah, what oh. about CHT? Yeah, I mean, it depends how much you trust the Warriors, right? So if, if you trust them to have really looked at this and messaged it right and so on, it's not the end of the world that he's going to test the market. Like, if, let's say they said to him, let's say they said to him, hey, mate, like you're on 400 now, right? We believe you can be a seven, $800,000 player, but because of injury and other things, we can't commit to you long-term yeah. at that level now, but you could be. So what we'd like to do is give you six weeks, seven weeks, and if you're killing it, then we can sit down and have a chat that's well north of 400, right? In the Do you meantime, hundred now. Oh, I'm I'm pulling that out of my ass, but uh, you know, I reckon I reckon that's about where he should be. Do you reckon it's? I think it's a good move from the Warriors too to know his market value. That's quite nice knowing what that kid's worth, rather than them deciding what he's worth. He can oh, shop no. around because how many teams in the NRL would he be a starting half for? Four. I don't oh, think he's going to be. We're not going to have to like pay overs to keep him. I don't. No, exactly. So you might as well have Canberra or the Tigers tell you what he's worth. And we're big CHT fan, or fairly big CHT fans, the three of us, I would say. But he's certainly had his injury problems. Um, Thirty debuted early in 2019. He's only played 37 games. Um, yeah, right. yeah, there's, you know, I've only played 11 of 24 this year. Um, you know, it, it isn't, I don't think we do need to go in early and, and hard on him. Yeah, I mean, on, on his capability, I, I reckon he's worth, you know, he, he's he's a first grade player and yeah. a first grade halfback's 500 plus is the truth of it. Um the injury thing is what makes me pause, and the club knows a hell of a lot more about the injury situation than we do. Um, it's got all these yeah. medicals and so on. So if you trust the club to not be dumb, uh, then you sort of look at it and go, well, <laughs> this, this this could make a lot of sense. If you think the club are a pack of numpties, like a lot of people seem to, then I can understand why you'd be worried because I might be playing it wrong. So people keep want to draw the parallel to SJ, where we sort of told SJ, go test the market, we're not extending it. In, in exactly roughly this time of year, roughly yeah, this situation, yeah. and we saw how that ended. So have they learnt the lesson? Have they worked out how to do it right? But it's unfolded. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, no, there's been no public declaration, unnecessary public declaration from Cameron George saying we're not in any rush to re-sign Chanel. This is, you know, all purely from media digging rather than Cameron George True. giving the story. Um, yeah. And sound bites, which you know, still blows my mind, and is the whole reason why I think it was orchestrated um, with what happened with SJ. But I, I think this is, yeah, this is completely different, and and we don't need to rush into it. Meanwhile, Cody's still on that team bus to stand. <laughs> nah, I'm not getting off the bus. I'm staying here until our first game next year. That fucking player option, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, can we talk about Cody for a bit then? Because yeah. Let, let's say CHT stays because they haven't pissed him off to the point where he leaves a year early just because. Yeah. So if you said to me 12 months ago, we're going to have Sean Johnson, Shanoa Harris-Tavita and Cody Nikarima as our three halves in the squad hitting a year up, I would have said, holy Jesus, this is, yeah. you know, this is top four stuff straight out, right? Yeah. Um, 
So since then, obviously, we've learned that SJ is probably a bit more injury prone than we thought because this is the first year where he's really had problems there. Um, and Chanel's stocks have probably dropped because of injury and perception of his form. And Cody's stops are, stocks have dropped because of form and perceptions about his motivation, let's say, and he's sort of um, admitted he doesn't yeah. want to hang around long term. But if they can get those three guys, you know, to revert to where we thought they were 12 months ago, that's actually a freaking good set of halves, yeah. set of playmakers. I mean, am I wrong? Is No, definitely. But, you know, their, their top end is – is pretty good. Ed, yeah. Cody was one of his players in 2019. Uh, in, yeah, yeah 2019. But it just has fallen off a cliff this year. Um, I did have a message from Samuel St. George, a yeah. friend of the show, our show and your show, that yeah. earlier this week. Um, <laughs> that's just for, for any listeners on out paper, there. That's, on paper it is. That, that's not the beers, that's the internet connection over at Brad's end, I think. Yeah, he's freezing up. He's, he's not on the same planet as us. <laughs> Is he back now? I think he's back. Who, hey, me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, was, <laughs> come on. Is Gigatown ever going to live up to its reputation? No, I'm battling the same at this end. I've lost Fonzie three times. <laughs> you twice. You're just a stalled, juddery mess. Yeah. <laughs> Blame Dunedin. I'm wearing the same, battling the same, you maggots. <laughs> anyway. Um, just on Cody, oh, and Samuel St. George sent me a, um, uh, a stat saying that um, about halves running the ball and, and when they make more than the average running meters, they win X amount of games. It was, it was interesting stuff. Um, and it kind of got me thinking, obviously, Chanel's probably not your classic running half. That's not really Sean's game anymore. Um, Sean and Cody at Cody's best is quite an attractive combination still. It's just uh, potentially about him, you know, being yeah, I'm done. Play. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Up Bring an Ash. Yes, yeah, sw- <laughs> straight swap Gold Coast. Ash for Ash for Cody. I just want a different face. Yeah. See, I I, I, there's I a reason Broncos swap. wanted rid of him. I wouldn't take that swap. But I'll tell you what, if you if you Need a footy fix, Brad. Yes, and if mate. you haven't already, go and watch the 2019, 2019, maybe 2018, um, Kiwi Tour of England. Yeah. The starting halves were SJ and Cody. Mm. Right? Oh, and, yeah. and just watch the highlights. Watch the 10-minute highlight package of each test in that um, three-match series. Yeah. And Cody and SJ were on fire. And Cody was arguably the better of the two. Um, so it, it can be done. Yeah, maybe maybe that's something I need to think more about is the fact that he's actually going to have SJ there with him rather than Cody's not an organising half. Yeah, I, I, just at the moment, this season, what he's served up, I'm a little bit filthy still. I just, oh, need, I, a, I I just need a little break, mate. I need to go down the beach, skim, <laughs> skim some stones, get, <laughs> that, get that Cody that tattoo removed from my shoulder. I think that's why I'm so dark on him. He's played so good in that Kiwis tour of England that I got that tattoo of his face on my shoulder, and now I'm looking like a fool. Yeah, I hear, I hear. 
It's 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 better than that Joy is an Act of Resistance one, though, isn't it? That's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, shots fired, shots fired. Um, so do you have any tattoos? That... Well, we're hovering on the subject. Do you have any yeah, tattoos? Do you have a tattoo? I, I do not have any tats, mate. No, not at clean all. Skin. Clean skin. Clean skin. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's actually cooler than having tattoos now, I reckon. Because yeah, every nah. man and his dog's got tattoos. I was never into it, and um. I, I thought about it a couple of times and I was always like, well, fuck, I mean, there'll be a time where I don't want that. So I just never did it, you know? So Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what what was, do you remember any, <laughs> oh, back now, was there any that you thought, oh, this is going to be sweet. This is going to be let, real sweet. Let, let's not get into it, mate. Let's, let's, let's stick to Warriors for the sake of the, for so, the sake of the punters. Were but, you uh, keen on getting Hooper stamp tattooed across your shoulders? <laughs> I was going to get it this Warriors life. Um, <laughs> You know, like I, I really wanted some merch, some merchandise, oh. guys, and and I thought, well, if there's no merch, I'll just brand myself. But, yeah, well, you know, that's probably nice. I've actually had a few DMs. It's funny, it's funny you talk about that, young Fonz, because I had um, I've been thinking merch has been on my mind this week. I had yeah, a, right. someone slipped into my DMs this week. What did it say? Some lady from the US <laughs> of all places. She slipped in from, and she had this event, something called the Met Met Gala. And yeah. she was gutted that TWL didn't do any merch because she was after a woman's evening dress. And the father of her children was after, would have loved to have worn a set of TWL loafers and a hoodie. So maybe we do, like, maybe we do have to start getting into it. And I made a little list of just things that everyday use of maybe some, just the usual sort of merch. I don't know what you think about this, but I'll just run through what I've got jotted down here. Maybe some women's swimwear. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, car seat covers, CD towers, like every, <laughs> like just to organize those CD, CD tower, telephone book sleeves. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, telephone cool. book, checkbook wallet, and single use plastic bags in drinking stores. <laughs> I was actually, um, I, I have drawn up a prototype for a fax machine cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know nice. how annoying it is when your fax machine gets all dust. Oh, it gets dust in there. Yeah, nothing worse. Nothing worse. What about you, Fonz? You must be getting some leather jackets, mate. I I just want to go back to the women's swimwear. So, have you done some market analytics about the size and type of your female audience? Are they, you know, is it is that a lucrative market for you? Or I think uh, talking to Trace and <laughs> she done some. She asked around her mates. Wouldn't be two piece, just a one piece. Yeah. One piece only, and yeah, yeah. yeah they, they stretch out a bit now. So you, I reckon, two sizes you could just about cover all bases or asses. <laughs> but yeah, so now women swimwear, they, I reckon they would look sharp, they look real sharp. So I don't know, it's just in its infancy at the moment. So I don't know who's who knows. New season, who knows what will come out the new season? Um, if I can just segue from there, yeah. please, 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 quickly. <laughs> Um, something that caught my eye recently. Malachi and Dallin Watini Zelesnia, obviously, uh, Dallin is now on our squad, mm. have a line of luxury watches. Um, it's called W Zelesnia, um, and it just looks like any luxury watch site. The watches are, they all start at about 300 bucks. Um, mm. I don't really get it. Like, what? No, I don't get it. What, what made them think they they 
could go into luxury watches. And that their name carried enough clout. Clout to to you know like maybe the watches you got a nice looking watch. You're like oh mate, what sort of that? Oh, it's a W Zelizniak watch. <laughs> I must be embarrassed to say that to be honest. Don't the Swiss have that market cornered? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. where, where are they from? Where were they brung up from? Where where's a couple of Penrith boys? Yeah, but they from Penrith New Zealand. Is not where I'm going to buy my watch. Yeah, yeah, Penrith oh. quality Penrith watch. Yeah, it doesn't have the same same ring to it. How does he think he's going to make his millions from a watch? Well, I I don't want to um, make any assumptions, but I've got a fairly big clearance sale on. Um, <laughs> on one day. How much do they go for? What sort of price tag are they carrying? Uh, I'll just click on shop sale here now, so you can get some of their uh, kind of metal strap ones around the two fifty mark. If you look, if you're more of a leather strap man, oh, yeah. Um, you can, yeah, getting down under the two hundred mark, so it's not bad value. Uh, they look nice. That's luxury, don't, don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, they're not you know top of the range, but they're kind of flash. It's cheaper than a G Shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's a step up from a Casio. Hey, 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 hey. I won't, hey, hey, hey. I won't have you bad-mouthing Casios, mate. I still roll the Casio calculator watch. Well, you, well, you need something. You need something so that if you're in the car or on the phone or something, you're trying to work out what time it is, you you got something to look at, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Nobody can without a watch. I can't wear a watch. I can't wear a watch. It's funny. that Is that the problem, Brad? No, that, that tattoo that he was ripping off before, that joy tattoo on my wrist. He, when that tattoo had, here's a, here's a, he obviously hit a nerve or something. I've got some sort of nerve damage. So whenever I put a watch on there, it's like I'm being stabbed with needles on my wrist. And I had this, I've got this real nice Garmin watch that I just can't wear anymore. And Tracy's bloody wearing it now because I just, that um, tattoo ruined all my watch wearing for life. I don't want to um, make you look silly in front of our thousands of listeners, Brad, but did you think about putting it on the other hand? Oh, I can't, can you do that? Do you, I've heard you get used to it, but it's it's like sleeping with someone else's wife and not putting your watch <laughs> on the other hand. It's exactly like that, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I wear it on the wrong hand anyway, and it, I'll be shifting it to the correct hand, but no, nah, nah, it's just not going to happen. I'll just biff it. I'll just chuck it off a bridge. What's money? <laughs> um, now let's let's let, let's do the brownie chat. Let's do the brownie yes. chat before we get too far in, because I actually think that's an important chat. Yeah, so fair yeah. I want to do that before. Um, yeah, before, before we, we get drunk and abusive. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> degenerate into slinging insults. So, so okay. So, can I start by playing back um, what I understood as your position from your last podcast? Well, Oh, he's got evidence. He's, he's, he's you, you providing can, evidence. Have you got a dictaphone there that you're going to say, yeah? No, I, I just don't want you to repeat what you've already done, right? Yeah, so, no, no. Yeah, yeah, um, okay, so you, firstly, you've, being a league historian like you are, you've done the research and gone, okay, so recycled coaches just have a history of not working. And yeah. you look at the current, and by recycled, you mean, Coaches who have failed and been in the wilderness and come back in, you know, to a second club or, you know. Um, so that's your first point. Um, yeah. your, your next point is around individual players 
going backwards under him. I can no sort of sign of clear progression of players under him this year. Like there's a bit of a mix, but there's not a an obvious trend there. That'd be yeah. fair. Yeah. I'd say more players have gone backwards than have clearly improved. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a third one was just that you could you weren't really sure there was a clear game plan that made a lot of sense and was gonna take us forward. Would that be fair as well? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're better at um, analysing that side of rugby league than I am by a mile. But I, you know, and I, and I think the way that they finished was probably uh, put, puts that, you know, kind of highlights that a little bit more than it maybe would have if yeah, if you're doing it finals or whatever. If you're doing it two weeks ago, and and do you think is there a fourth point around culture and the type of people he recruits? So by that I mean. He's recruited Lodge. He wanted Jack DeBellin. Then we've got Kane Evans, and Kane Evans is going and folding people. And you know, there's, um, there's he's defending Kane Evans. And you know, is there a bit of? Do you think? So this is not something you said the other day, but do you think that's part of it? Is that part of your thinking? Um, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to make any wild assumptions about the culture there and the and you know the Lodge thing. I honestly think Lodge was a astute purchase worth yep. worth the risk at, at the price um yep. you know it, there's there's no one coming out and saying he's a bad guy off the field anymore um it's it's all from you know uh from his checkered admittedly uh, checkered history um but you yeah, know i'm not buying so much into the culture side of things although there's been various rumblings about discontent and, and whatnot but um that's not part of what you're, yeah. Okay. No, 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 it's not. And and the and just uh, an add-on to the recycled coaches thing is that Nathan Brown's record in the NRL isn't fabulous, and it's getting worse. Um, and I, I did notice a stat during the week actually. Um, he is he holds the all-time record for most first-grade games coached without coaching in a grand final. Hmm. And yeah, he, he seems quite a long way away from a grand final, in my opinion. That's a great start. So, Brad, where are you at with this? Are you on board with Will or? I I don't mind Brownie. I don't mind Brownie. I'm with Will in terms of game plan. Um, I think I think a big problem with the coaching there is the support. I don't see how those assistants. Not many of our assistants get um whispers about being headhunted for <laughs> head coach roles at other clubs if the if it comes up i think i think there's a massive hole in his help um i don't the big thing with brownie i don't want i want him to succeed because i don't want 12 months upsetting the apple cart and dragging this club through the rinser again changing and trying something new and i know will yeah. will did say that it actually doesn't happen as often as you think and he and i I didn't realise it was that was the case, but yeah, I want Brown. I like him. Per, I think personally, he looks like a real good dude. Um, game plan, game plan, isn't as apparent, but at the same time, people listening to the show and knowing me now know that I don't look into game plans too too crazy. Like, don't go too deep. I'm just a passionate footy fan. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, you're I, footy, I, I like the guy. I like the guy. Um, I want him to do well. I think, sorry, if I can just interject, I feel like that's almost part of the narrative around it. He is such a yeah. good bloke. If we'd had the exact same 
season under Anthony Griffin, who quite a few fans wanted. Um, yeah. And we went exactly the same way this season with Anthony Griffin, who's inherently more unlikable. Yeah. Everyone would be baying for his axing, I reckon. And yeah. a lot of people, and it's almost, uh, you know, Brown's such a good dude, I really want it to work out from that part I think of the I think Brownie does attract an all right. He does attract players for whatever reason, recruitment. I think the recruitment's been pretty. Yeah. Like it's been a, definitely above. She's been a B. But mark. it was it's, as it was at Newcastle. We just couldn't get Yeah, exactly. So maybe, yeah, I don't know. What, so, is, what, 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 so what's your opinion then, Fonz? Oh, look. Well, let's go through the points. And I'll tell you at the end. Um, so. He's going to unpick everything. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no Do like, I need to grab another four beers? Yeah, well, I don't know. How, how many lots of four have you got now? Um, but, <laughs> um, while I think of it too, it just occurred to me, hey, Samuel St. George called back to earlier when he said running halves win comps. Yeah, no shit. Running halves, halves run because there's space in front of them. Right, so it's not about are you a running half, it's about have you got space. And when you've got space... What's your forward pack up to? Yeah, what's your forward pack up to? How much space are you getting, right? So, yes, there's probably some truth in a half that wants to take the line on um, is valuable, but whether a half runs mainly depends on whether he's got space. If he doesn't have space, he's not running. And so you kind of... You got the cart before the horse there, brother. Okay, so back to this Brownie thing. Um, Samuel St. George... You're on the whiskey. No, no, you're, on the, you're on the dark, mate. You're on the dark alcohol over there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Bacardi next time around, brother. <laughs> no, no but that, fair call, fair call. I, that's, yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. He's really good. Um, mm, and, he is. And I, he, I like his posts and stuff, but, yeah, sorry, I just, I know two neurons clicked. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> when I was about to um, talk about Brownie. So, um Let's talk Newcastle then, right? So he comes into Newcastle. They were busted. Would you agree they were like the doggies are now? Yeah. 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 They were. Worse. Basket case. Who was, yeah. who was probably, that? Probably, probably possibly worse, but uh, they had more spirit. Yeah. I think. They do. And so he's handed over to Adam O'Brien. Now, Adam O'Brien is the kind of coach on your model we should have been going for. Which yeah. Is, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like up and coming, good apprenticeship. Yeah, Stephen Kearney actually is the kind of coach on your model we should have been going for. Up and coming, good apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. and he, yeah, obviously the the, the the premature Paramatta gig might yeah. kind of offsets that a little bit. But yeah, yeah, take that Fair back. Enough. You're right on your model. Para would have ruled him out, but but Adam O'Brien would have been. Now what's O'Brien done? He's taken them to eighth, seven, seven. Yeah. yeah, okay, and first round exit two years in a row. Um, so Brownie had him sitting fourth in his last year at about round, I think it was around ten or twelve. I might be making that up. So if, if someone, if someone wants to, if someone wants to furiously Google that and confirm, I'm not. Um, yeah, Brad, you'll you'll jump on that, won't you, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I don't need to Google it, mate. No, you're right, Fonz. You're right. Yeah, no, it was. I think it was round eleven. I think he, he had him sitting fourth in mid-season, and then all this player discontent stuff started happening there. And um, Newcastle's now an Isaac Moses club, right? Um, so Adam O'Brien's Isaac Moses. A lot of the players are Isaac Moses. We, we've been there. Yeah. And um, the 
uh, outcome of the player discontent was that Brownie got asked and an Isaac Moses coach came in. Um, now, I'm not saying that Isaac Moses had anything to do with it because I'm careful. But um, I do wonder whether Brownie had them where they should be and then some destabilising forces came through into that. And I would add that that squad since has only got to eighth. And I'm pretty comfortable Brownie would have got that squad to eighth. I don't think Brownie would have done worse than Adam O'Brien in the last couple of years. No, I don't. I don't. I agree with you there. I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, I, I take all your points. I still think they missed the finals the last two years without Brown. No, with Brown stayed on. Yeah, yeah. okay. And, I think they make it. But yeah, I get okay, your point. They haven't improved a massive deal. I mean, they've made the finals in two. You know, two years where finishing seventh and eighth is basically a participation prize. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't say they were a materially better side than us this year, would you? No, 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 no not a no, lot, not at all, not at all. Um, so, I, yeah. So that Carry that's the, that's the first thing. So, um, the recycled coach thing too. If you're the kind of bloke who will take on a battling club, um, you you get a pretty easily fit the narrative of a recycled coach, right? So, if if Brownie has his stint at St George, which was moderately moderately successful, but uh, well, that's uh, I, that's overstating it for me. But yeah, I take your point. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll qualify it this way: given the cattle he had, you know, it was it was the least he could do. But he was a very young coach coming in early, yeah, in, yeah. inheriting a good roster, and it was moderately successful in the sense of where they finished. But I agree, it wasn't a great coaching performance, no doubt. He went to England and did reasonably well. I don't yeah. think anyone's sort of criticising that. So then he's come back and he's taken the absolute basket case club, right? So if you choose to take the basket case club of Newcastle, aren't you really setting yourself up for, you know, the recycled coach argument? Like if if you sat out there and waited till Melbourne came knocking, yeah, sure. But if you say, no, stuff it, I'll go and help these blokes out, you're going to look like you're no good because your next club doesn't do well. To a certain extent, but he—it's not like he got punted after the two wooden spoons he collected. It was he got punted after two eleventh place finishes with Caelan Pong and Mitchell Pearce, David Clemmer, um, whoever else they also picked signed. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I'm—I'm I'm not. I'm I'd not, take, definitely take your point there. I'm not, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I'm just—I'm just trying mm. to like I'm. I reckon there's a selection bias in the recycled coach narrative, which is that if you're the kind of bloke who will take a shitty job, all right, because you don't care, like yeah. about that, you just want to get in there and help, you know, the club out and it suits yeah. your family and stuff, then you can, you can, like, I suppose a, a bit, an extension of that is I don't actually reckon coaching's as critical as everyone thinks. Like everyone thinks it's all coaching. Like it, you, you take a roster, and if you've got a great coach, you'll be first, and um, if you've got a terrible coach, you'll be last. I know you don't think that, but uh, you know that's a sort of seems to be yeah. well, the way. I, mine's is, is based on, I guess, yes. the yeah. stats and history, and you know, Warriors history. Ivan Cleary, Daniel Anderson, far and away our best coaches, our grand final coaches, um, and I, I rate McFadden as our third best yeah. coach in our history. And, you know, I'm just looking at what Justin Holbrook's done at the Titans, who were, who were 
you know, kind of the worst club in the comp when he um, grabbed hold of them. Um, He's got pretty good support around him as well, though, Holbrook, isn't he? I I think it's a support thing. Does he? You know, not having Titans tried hard in the back office to get a bit of support and some old boys and that in there. Meninga's involved. Yeah, exactly. But it, Who but have again, we got? the trend the trends point to, you know, unless it's unless it's Bennett, um, it's all coaches yeah. that have uh, at the club that first gave them around that are winning premierships. Robinson Maguire, um, you know, Hasler, even going back. Um, Shane Flanagan, you know, no one else no one is coming back. The only the only coach that was I've said this a number of times, and again, History's made to be broken, records made to be broken, but Tim Shanes is the only coach in the last 40 years to win a comp after being sacked by their previous club. And he was already a three-time premiership coach at Canberra. It's not like he was a, a mug that hadn't proved himself. So that, yeah. that's just where I've, you know, landed on that whole. So I think I think the reason I don't, like, your description of the history is completely right and it's pretty pretty powerful actually but the reason i don't fully um accept the implication of it is that um i think rugby league and sport in general is too quick to chop and change so i think that and and i think that context isn't taken into account enough so the the recycled coach thing you know coaches who um fail and then don't go on to succeed I think a lot of that is if you fail somewhere, even if it wasn't your fault, even if it was the roster, the board, whatever else, you get a black mark against your name and then only a shit club wants you. And so then you go to a shit club and you fail because it's a shit club. Yeah. And, and and now you fail twice and then you black mark against your name and no one wants you and you're out and you go find something All of a else. sudden you're at Salford. Yeah, go drive cabs, whatever, <laughs> right? So, um, So I reckon there's a bit of that so that there's a – yeah, there is. Whereas, if you, um, or if the if the industry was sort of able to isolate what is coaching versus what is, you know, player performance versus like, and and sort of distill that down and go, um, like, take Stephen Kearney for example. Um, I don't think Stephen Kearney was a bad coach, right? I no, think I, I think neither do I. Absolutely I, not. I think he had issues with recruitment for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, but you put Sean Johnson in that side for 2019-2021 and I think we make the eight, four years in a row and everyone's saying Stephen Kearney is a good coach because he's made the finals a lot. All right Now, Stephen Kearney is the same coach either way. So there's a there's a bit of that, I reckon, that, that goes on here and especially with, with Brownie. But um, – I'm not totally, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's that argument yeah. isn't enough for me to go. No, nah, he's no good. Just you know. No, and it's certainly not enough for me. I guess um, also part of mine as well. If you want to chuck it in there, is that we won eight games of twenty-four, and um, and just the way that we lost a lot of games and the defensive side of things. Brown is a notoriously. Uh, you know, this is again going on stats, but his teams leak a lot of points. We leak the most tries in a season than we have since 2004. That's pretty uh, significant, I think. Um, yeah, like, I mean, all of this, 
sort of uh, rolled up together as, as I mean, I love that historical coach thing because that's what I hung my hat on when he got hired. But yeah, there's there's other elements. I still wanted it to work out for him and potentially still do. I'm just very think, confident that it won't. I think he's the right style of coach for the Warriors as in terms of a man manager. I think he gets on with players and he's quite, he's quite interactive. Uh, like so if you had no Brian at the Warriors, he seems to be oh. as an analytical type coach. It wouldn't it wouldn't work with the boys at the Warriors. It just doesn't happen. Like like a Bennett, he would be the perfect fit for the Warriors because he's a man manager. He actually treats each as an individual. But I don't. Yeah. Do you think like I mean you know if he gets on with them, he he gets if if he does in fact get on with them, he gets on with them and lead them to eight wins. Does someone that. They don't get on with so well, get yeah. 13 wins out of them. Yeah. But, okay, so let's talk about eight yeah, wins. Yeah, probably. But let's talk about eight wins, right? So, this year, like, just think about the, the 17 we rolled out round one and the 17 we rolled out round 25. Uh, it was just totally different. Totally oh, different. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to chop and change and ship blokes off. And, you know, I mean, through the year, there must have been a lot of um, – sorry, kids kicking off in the background – a lot of um, tension around Mamalo gone. Cody, you're not a half anymore, mate. You're 14. Um, you know, Lodge coming in. Fuss, what the hell is going on there? Um, all of these things. And he's also trying to change the style of play. Then Reese Walsh – I mean, to me um, – when I started thinking about my season review that I'm going to do, uh, the thing that the, the metaphor was like, this is mid-air refueling, right? Usually you wait to the end of the year, see how you went, and then you go, okay, well, I need to change this and that. He did it mid-flight. He went, okay, nah, we're halfway through, nah, you're out. Rog, you're going to Union, right? While she in, you're full back, not waiting, not letting Rog run it through. Um, we're, we're going to organise ourselves around Walshy at fullback. Ken, too slow, out. I'm not doing this big wingers thing anymore. I want fast wingers. I want big middles, not big wingers. Right? Yeah. Lodgy, you're coming in. All right, you're out. I'm out, gone. Um, and he's he's completely reshaped it in flight. Yeah, So, has. like, if you were a coach whose goal was to win the most games this year, you wouldn't have done that. Right? You would have, you would have kept what you had going because it was yeah. – um, whereas if you're like, no, I'm, I'm just going to hack, hack the patient, you know, like, um, <laughs> you know, hack him as he's running, right? Um, <laughs> then, yeah, you're not going to get the level of performance, but you're setting yourself up a bit better. So um, what do you think right about on. that? What do you think so about while, that? While, yeah, no, while, the, you, while you're rolling through that, why don't we, what is your best 17? Fullback, boys. Who's, well, it's I, think, I think Brad, you might be, do you think Brad's jumping the gun here a little bit? I think Fonzie's got a few more points to make. Are you still on the brown? Are you still? Well, are you I, I want to know what you blokes reckon about that, though. Like, cause, like, because yeah. do, oh, yeah. like, do, do you reckon that gives him an out? Um, I totally get your point. It's an extremely well-made one. Um, for me, it doesn't give me an out. I know plenty of people are, uh, are willing to, and obviously the injury thing is, is significant. I just still think even all of that taken into account, they should have done better. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I know you probably don't quite rate Peyton's job in 2020 that he did with the Warriors as highly as I do, 
there's there's more things like the lack of resolve. Um, yeah. You know, like he, he had an absolute, you know, it was a, a total Frankenstein of a team last year that he had to put on the park, Peyton. And, um, you know, and every single time in that last 10 weeks, 10 or 11 weeks of the season, they turned up. It made us proud. And, you know, then this team under Brown made me proud maybe four times this year. And that that's, you know, that's, that's what? just the way I feel. While he was making some of those positive changes throughout the season, he was still making some just... Hmm. Senseless. Kane Evans. Kane why, Evans. why is he still playing Kane Evans last like that game? Why is Kane Evans still a uh, selection priority to get in the team and you're losing? I know he has a Bobby Boa or a Jazz Devane. Yeah. Right? What? Why? Why was Bunty underutilized this season? Um, every time he come on, he was he showed a lot. Of, what did again from your analytic point of view, Fonz? What did, What was Bunty doing wrong to not get more minutes? I, I like so. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. like if, I, if I assume the coaches aren't dumbasses, the answer is he doesn't have a motor. So the answer is that the numbers, that he's, doing it, yeah? the numbers he's doing at training show that he's he doesn't have the motor to do, you know, Any 40, 50 minutes. Yeah, so, That's what uh, he's good for. Yeah, they've got Craig 20-minute training, you know, running charts and doing graphs and clicking stopwatches and going, man, this dude, you put him on for more than 30 minutes in, in a fast-paced game and he's fucked. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I think... I, I think that's good. That's got to be it, doesn't Come it? Round twenty-four, I'd have Ed Cossey coming on as our forward backup <laughs> over Kane Evans, and yeah. that's on all serious. Like Kane, what? What? He's obviously well, a good dude, and would love. And we talked about this off air the other week. Would love to have Kane on the show, just to have that per- personal view of the dude rather than that professional view what we see out on the field. There's obviously some. Very good qualities about the guy. Yeah. But what we're seeing on the paddock for 80, well, not 80 minutes, the, you take off 10 minutes for Sim, but 20 minutes <laughs> for Sim Binnings. And da, da, da. so for the 20 minutes a week, what he produces is below par. It's so below par. I can't well, think of one good thing he did this year. That no. Was not, not what you'd expect of any, you know, run-of-the-mill bench forward. So he can, can I, spell. He can spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah he can. Four yeah, letter words. Can, 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 I, can I tell you my five? Uh, five. Yeah, five. Sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean my, my my Kate Evans story is um, he in about round I don't know eighteen or something before all the <laughs> stuff kicked off. I think Jason Oliver on Twitter, um, like I put up on Twitter, like the team I'd have picked or whatever the forwards, and he's like, "Why are you picking Kane Evans?" Yeah, and I said because. There's no one else to pick. Tanua Brown's gone off a cliff. Yeah. And in the games I've seen up till now, um, I'm not happy with Kane Evans, but we need four props and there's no one else to pick, right? So I, I was a bit, you know, um, defensive of him just in the sense of, like, you can't play Jazz at prop. Like, it's not as though I can swap Kane Evans and Jazz Stavunga out and ask him to yeah. do the same role, right? They're I not the same player. I honestly think he, you would probably be better off. Yeah, I know. Oh, but, but I shouldn't be. <laughs> They're just not the yeah. same player. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, obviously it all kicked off and he got suspended and threw punches twice, and that's indefensible. Like, I, I, I would bin him. I would definitely bin him at this point. But 
I think there's a, this comes back to that culture point about Brownie that I made that, you know, you said wasn't part of your thinking, but it is actually part of mine, which is you've got a bloke who comes out and says, I want to hire Jack DeBellin. Now, I, I support That was bad. That was horrible. I was yeah. totally off that. I, I support the Matt Lodge signing, same as you blokes. Um, yeah. And I supported extending jazz. Like, it's not as though I'm sitting here going, oh, I don't, you know, um, I don't like fiery blokes. I do, you know, but... Um, the Jack DeBellin thing was a bit off and maybe he's just got a little bit too much of the old school kind of yeah, <laughs> you know, um, defending Evans and, and sort of continuing to pick him, even though we're all looking at it going, hang on, man, this guy's a bit, you know, loose. Um, and, and loose is fine, but not when yeah. it costs you games. So, no. yeah, or, or disrupts your squad. So, yeah, that, that's I mean, why, why would you go? Why a, would you go so hard to keep picking um, Evans over a guy like Tanoa Brown, who didn't have a good season, but you know, also was out of the team for. It's not going to lose you a game. Um, you know, would Tanoa Brown lose you a game like Evans? Like he would actually be out there. You'd have thirteen no, players on the I field the whole game. Any of Kane Evans's performances that were better than. Jermaine Tanoa Brown's 13, you know, fairly ordinary performances. So I disagree with that. I reckon there was a patch where Evans was going better than Tanoa Brown, but I do agree with that at the end of the year, if you're looking at it going, who's Risking not going to cost me air? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that, that whole Lodge thing, people still going on about, at least the thing, I'm going to go and defend Lodge. Here. He knows he's got a problem. Jack DeBellin has never fronted up and fessed up and apologized. Lodge whoa, knows whoa, he's whoa, imperfect. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just be mindful. Jack DeBellin's never been convicted of anything. Yeah. And so, okay, but, yeah. he, but he, he was willing to, you know. The dude was hiding scum, under a scumbag bed. Scumbag behavior. He got and, caught hiding under a bed. And the barbecue. So. I, I, I don't think the Warriors should have expressed an interest in signing Jack sure. DeBellin. And I'm no. pleased they didn't. And I think it's a failing that they did. But it was I'd, horrific that they did it in the middle of the court case as well, or before but, he'd gone to court. Was but, but in, in this this particular podcast and the way it's going, we'd best leave him alone, I think. Um, no, yeah, well, it's not even that. I'm, down, the, we'll more, the focus is, <laughs> more the focus uh, for me is Lodge knows he's, at least he knows he's got some work-ons. The guy knows he's got some work-ons, and he knows he's got to try and do things different. Lodge has improved. I think you've got to give like, these people still climbing on him. He's just easy to just like Lodge. I think you got someone like Russell pa- Russell Packer that spent a year in prison for king hitting someone, and then That's he gets exactly a big farewell congratulations for retiring the other day. And it's like, come yeah. on, just because he's a little bit likable. Yeah, Packer's you know held up as and I think somewhat you know deservedly to a certain extent held up as a you know a, a great case of someone that can turn their life around after exactly. doing something terrible. Um, Lodge is still paying for it. He's, you know, he's paying reparations. He's, um, he just looks unlikable. I think that might that, that's his problem. That's his problem. He's, oh. he's easy to dislike. I think. Well, I think he's in the signing of the year. To be honest, in my opinion, I think he brings something that the Warriors didn't have at all. For yeah, Noah Blake, I know he's consistently, and you knew what you were going to get with that signing. But in terms of aggression and someone with a bit of fizz to him out on that paddock in a Warriors jersey, we didn't have that at all. I would say that the two players for me that looked like they cared the most about the result and what was happening, you know, minute to minute, were Lodge and Walsh for me. Yeah, yeah. 
um, and it was it's a sort of competitive quality that not enough of our players have. That's you know maybe purely an aesthetic thing, but no, no. I, yeah. I mean, the other thing with Logi, they reckon the Broncos are paying half his salary, so yeah. we're only paying four hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, a, so, it's a slam dunk. So I mean, can you? Didn't he show up? Your um, your Bunties, your Evans, and so yeah. on. I mean, just completely showed him up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and then this is a good segue. The two games where Wade Egan has played behind Fenua Blake and Lodge, yeah. Yeah. he's looked like a bloody good hooker. And yeah, I, I um I changed my whole one eighty degree turn on Egan, seeing him play with Egan. There was that was it the try that he set up for Curran in one of those last games of the season? Yeah. Before he busted yeah. his shoulder actually, right, where, where Rodge was playing oh. and he done and he got knocked out. That same game where we just went down. Oh, that was Egan. a Penrith, Penrith game. Yeah, yeah. Far out. Egan looks sharp, man. On have because is there whispers have told him to test the market as well? Yep. Really? I, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I want to see what Egan can do. Full season fit in behind those two big boppers. See, Different player. I had He's a Twitter exchange to prove himself though as well. Kind of like Chanel. I I think he could and will work out, but. Yeah, it wouldn't be, you know. But we've got him at the moment. We're not signing them. We've got him. So no, the no, beauty yeah. is we've well, actually got the dude. So we can actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had um someone on the NZ Warriors forum put up um a post looking at Egan and his stats. And I went and compared him to Braley at Newcastle. Yeah. And Braley's stats are better than Egan's. And people are pretty convinced that Braley's a, you know, like a good hooker, you know, a genuine first-grade hooker, good player, etc. Um, if you if you remove the games for Egan where he didn't have either Fenua Blake or Lodge playing, so basically if you say, I'll take Egan's games with Fenua Blake because every Fenua Blake game had Lodge as well, right, and compare the stats, he does better than Braley in yeah, terms of right, – yeah. In terms of like run meters, um, you know, triceps, all of those things, right? And comparing hookers without comparing who's in front of them, right, who's creating space for them, is a waste of time. Like if if you're a hooker and your pack's getting dominated, like if your number one carries Lisa and Armour rolling into Kane Evans, right, versus your number one carries Fenor Blake rolling into Lodge, yeah, I mean it's just a totally different thing. So it's um, a whole running half story again. Yeah, that running half, da da da. You need a platform. So, um, yeah, that's right. He hasn't proved himself, but he also hasn't been given a good platform to prove himself. And <laughs> you know, in the last little while, so I think it's a bit like CHT between injury and the team around him situation hasn't proved himself. So you wouldn't go all in on him, uh, yeah. but on the flip side, you wouldn't write him off. And you, you know, you're probably right to say. Well, if we can get them all on the field, um, you know, cohesive first six, eight weeks next year, let's see how you go. Because you could be a world beater. You could be. Yeah. And gonna, what's going to suck? Round one next year, we're going to have two of our best players out. Suspended. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's not going to be till lost, round yeah, two yeah, that we're that actually going to. That was gonna... a suck up. Yeah. Yeah. That pissed all me from off. the last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was bad, man. Yeah. Um, so if I can try and redirect this 
runaway train. Were you, did you still have a couple of um, points to make about Brown and, and why he may still be our saviour? Oh, no, it's just so, um, so the recycled coach thing, um, it did it did hit home for me a bit, but I, I don't think it's enough on its own. I think um, yeah. players this year, um, I think that the lack of cohesion from the mid-air refueling, let's call it, um, is equally likely to be the reason as shit coaching yeah um and then um what was the third one what was the third reason yeah just game plan yeah so i was with you on game plan the only game plan i saw which made me go no this coach knows what he's doing was the first half against penrith in round 20 odd where we actually and that's where we had for blake and lodge and we were playing this game plan that um, cycled through the middle, but it went tram line left, tram line right, coming back into the middle, Egan playing a pivot for the um, for Noah Blake and Lodge. You remember we scored some tries where Lodge actually made line breaks? Yeah. Right? The, yeah. the biggest, yeah. slowest dude in the whole field is making line breaks and Egan backed up and scored. And I'm looking at it going, this guy's, you know, Brownie's worked out a way to use that strength of Fanua Blake and Lodge and Egan's skill, which is passing, Right, not running. Right, he's yeah. worked out a way to take those things and cause that to be good. And I went, okay, so I've seen something here that gives me some hope. So I would say my position on Brownie is that I still am hopeful. I'm not confident, um, but I'm also not despairing. I'm hopeful of Brownie. Exactly the same. That's that's exactly the same as where I stand. Will Will can eat a bowl of dick. He, he, he's so <laughs> wrong. He's so yeah. <laughs> Just, but, just, yeah, now that's where I stand too, Fonz. I'm hopeful, very hopeful. And that, what you said, the tram, that wasn't that our first couple of games of the season as well? It was just straight up the guts footy. Yeah, and we was. were screaming out to give it some air, but they were just straight up the guts, busting busting down the doors type footy. Yeah, because we, we had nothing out wide is the truth of it. Do we do we have anything? We, do we, we don't. Do we have as part of, of my oh. now. It's a whole different point. Yeah, but hang on, hang on. Like, think about – so let's go back to CHT for a sec, right, and, yeah. and just, just humor me with this. So what's CHT's job next year if he's playing next to Sean Johnson and Reese Walsh? An assistant. His, an job assistant. Is, his job is to get those two blokes yeah. in space. That's yeah. his job. I don't need him to step five blokes. I don't no. need him to do anything fancy, right, dig into the line, run the angle, and get those guys in space. Yeah. Right. I think he's he, smart enough to do that too. That's exactly what he does. That's exactly yeah. what he does. Yeah, he's he's that tough, straight running um, mm. half like your foreign type dude. Deep to the who, line, into the line, dig in, right? Isolate someone, make a couple of guys come into him and throw it out the back and get those guys in space. If you run him with Johnson on the right, say Walsh on the left, um, I, that's all I need him to do. I reckon yeah. he can do that. So you're yeah. saying it doesn't matter who's out wide. At all, we still oh, out wide, wide. Our centers are still a little our centers and our, and our, our link, our link men to the wings. I think Montoya, he's won me over. Montoya, give him Montoya, another chance. Montoya's won me over in the because I had very low expectations. I really admire the way he played, but he's you ideally. You don't want you want wingers that are better than Montoya and Bartini Zelesnia, I think. I mean, I don't. I, I'm happy with those two. Of, 
only team that I can think of that um, that did anything half decent with such a pedestrian three-quarter line as the Cowboys in 2015 when they won the comp. I think they had Winterstein, Linnett, uh, Felt on one wing and Justin O'Neill, I believe. But they had Thurston and, and Mike Morgan, Tamalola. Like, I, honestly, I don't think we can get too far away, too far without a bit of an upgrade in at least two of those spots. Just We need a centre and another wing, I think. A centre and a wing. Well, this is a good segue to talk about top 17. So so who do we think that... Oh, now's OK. But when I bring it up, it was... <laughs> no, you, you went off later, so... <laughs> Just Story of my instinct. life, mate. Story of my life. <laughs> You'll get there, mate. You'll get those. Um, right, 17. Are we doing 17 with rumours of signings? Or are we no, going to no. 17 as the team with finishes? The what and, we got yep, now? Yep, yeah. Piss off the dick we'll you've got. Yeah. Right, yep, done. One's an easy one, isn't it? Fullbacks signed, sealed, delivered. Well, it's got to be Walsh, um, even if some, well, for me, and even some people see him as a potential 5'8". I don't think we've got anyone with the chops to play fullback. And, no. and I'd, I'd really think that if Talon was to play an extended period fullback, say if Walsh was injured, then our season will go down the gurgler. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Can I ask this question though, just while we're on fullback? Mm-hmm. Who's who's um Dallin's a backup? Who yep. else in the squad could possibly play fullback? Rocco Berry, maybe? Oh, but I don't know what he's like defensive organization wise, but in terms of skill set. Yeah. I don't know. Pompey's played a fair bit of lower grade fullback, but geez, that oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about Pompey. What I about don't know. You? Have you got a yeah, no. I, that, that was kind of my point. We got no fullbacks in the squad. Nah. Like we, we got Walshy, great. Um, Zelezniak, a backup. I don't know who else is a serious well, fullback. We and, had a and, couple and Perham and Turner, and they've both been uh, punched off. And, and that makes the, the Zelezniak signing actually a lot smarter than I thought at the time. Because when I'm sitting here now going, because Kemba Muller couldn't do it, right? So, yeah. no. When, like a when, gap. When I'm sitting here now going, well, if, given we punted Turner and um, – who was the other one? Uh, Perham. And Perham, yeah, given we punted them. It actually was – because we'd be sitting here now going, if Walsh goes down, it's Rock or Berry. I mean, Jesus, that would be terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's experienced. He played six tests and 42 NRL games. Yeah. Before. So, it's, yeah, he's not a – he's not a um, novice, so. Yeah, he brings the ball back hard enough too. He, I, I like. I know Will doesn't like DWZ, especially as – watch company but um i i don't i don't mind the guy at all i know he's not it doesn't set it on fire but yeah i'd be happy with them but there, there's no th- like you you do need more than two yeah. don't you well you should <laughs> you should have a couple of fullbacks you know like, <laughs> yeah. and so it actually i think was a very smart swap really to go ken for dwz if you let the other blokes go yeah. um yeah. all right so so who's your wingers i i think well, the best credential to probably who we finished with, Dallin and Marcelo, yeah. who were both, I particularly Marcelo, played above himself. I just yep. don't think it's, you know, you look at all the teams that are still running around in the finals and the sort of wingers they've got. It's, it's more a strike kind of thing. Like a, a, these guys will definitely finish tries 
and Dallin's probably got a little bit more X factor. I've saw him do a couple of things for us that are impressive, but um, that were you know not so much just being put into space on his own. But I, I think I'd ideally, start, yeah, I think ideally Marcelo's that dude you want running on the extended bench named on the Tuesday on the extended <laughs> bench. Just in, and there's no discredit yeah. to the dude. He's a, he's a you Patrick know he's going to come in. He's a Patrick yeah. Arvan for me. Yeah, fair enough. And, so yeah, I, I, I had no problem with him coming in if we had an injury, but yeah. uh, you know I didn't want Patrick Arvan playing twenty three games in a season. Yeah. How about you, Fons? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's DWZ and and um, Montoya, but um, the optimistic side of me says, like whether like you got ball runners ball players and if you got really good ball players you ball runners don't need to be as good and if you got ordinary ball players you need really good yeah. ball runners right so DWZ and Montoya aren't great ball runners but they're going to be being hit on the chest by Johnson and Walsh yeah All right so i just need fast dudes who can be in the right place and i'll hit them you know is is kind of the you yeah, know ex- the, op- yeah. the optimistic logic you know like Walsh, fuck it. So hang on, how do they line up? So DWZ is right, right wing. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it'll be it'll be in Montoya left, and I think they'll play Johnson right, and they'll play Walsh left. Would be my guess. So you're going to have Johnson hitting DWZ and Walsh it. Walsh hitting Montoya, right? Just guys, just don't be complete unco. Right, work out the line real basic. You don't have to do nothing. I'll throw, the pass will do the work. Yeah. Is is hopefully what you know the idea is there. Look at Jason Saab. He's yeah. not a footy, oh, he's not a footy player's ring piece, man, but he's, he's fast not. and he can yeah. catch a ball and fall over onto the over the line. I agree, so, mate. That's all you need. Jason Saab's just quite like Yeah, so that's all you need. If you've got the players inside, you should be just Daryl Halligan and it's just tripping over the line, dotting down. You're just finishing shit. Um, centers is a tough one though, isn't it? Yeah, it is because we have to pick at least one person we don't like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got oh, you oh, going oh, Barry? Oh. Although Barry had a couple. Of, I'm a big fan of Barry, but those last couple of games he played, yeah, he they were shit house. Yeah, I, I, I will stake. I will shut the podcast down if Barry doesn't turn into a good player. I yeah, I think he's going to be. I'm all in on Rocco Barry. Yeah, all in. Yeah, he's got the brains. He yep. has got the brains to learn this game, and it, he would make an amazing. Yep. He'd make an amazing winger, but we don't have anyone inside him. What did it for me was I saw him. I saw them live as in um, uh, the game against St George, and he didn't play, but I saw yep. him in the warm up, right? Yeah, um, and because I was I was like two rows back, and they're warming up straight in front of me, and could see the way they're interacting and stuff. And at that point, I was like a rock berry. I'd actually been sledging him on the podcast because people were talking about him replacing two of us a check because we hadn't signed Walsh yet. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And, and, well, yeah, he wasn't coming this year. And so I was like, he's played one game of league. This bloke's nothing. And I was watching him because he was he was there. And I'm like, no, he's got the frame. Um, and But also the way he was interacting with the other players and so on. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm underestimating this guy. And then I saw him, um, obviously, in first grade like we all did. And I, I make an effort to watch the Redcliffe games whenever I can. And he's he's just carving up at cup level. Like, he's it's a masterclass. Is that right? At cup yeah. level, yeah. Um, 
So I'm I'm all in on him. I, I actually think there's not a lot of risk around Barry coming good. It's just when, how long. Yeah. D- yeah. Defense is the um, probably the, the area where he needs the most work at the moment. Um, but you know, I've seen some people on NZ Warriors forum saying he needs to bulk. He does not need to bulk. I've seen no, him. Again. I've seen him live. He's big man. Like yeah. he's kind of he's kind of that young dude where um, the muscles like haven't quite toned they're, it's gonna happen of, eh? yeah they're just packed out you know like, yeah. They're, yeah yeah they're not coming you've, through you've spent a lot of time on this dude's body Fonz. me and me and will liken him to the saint george center pairing back in the day like he's got that cooper gasnet just a natural center yeah just that natural yeah, body playing center yeah, yeah. He, he, um, could, he could end up being more than a center too just quietly but for now yeah i think i think he's safe yeah. How many games did you catch live this year, Bonds? Mate, if that you've was seen the, them only, the only yeah. one I saw. Um, just because I've been in the bunker with a newborn. Uh, yeah, and yeah. And so uh, the Central Coast base is like an hour and a half from my house. So it's a yeah. three-hour return trip plus a game. Fucking no chance of that happening. <laughs> um, and um, and then obviously they moved up to Queensland, which is like 15 hours or whatever. So um, Or 12 hours from where I am. So no, I only what saw the one fan game. Are you? What type of fan are you, mate? <laughs> I'll be gassing up Thursday. I'll be gassing up Thursday, mate. Getting ready to shoot away Friday. It, it actually, what, what, what we wouldn't give for the opportunity to do that. Yeah, listen to this maggot. Oh, I've got kids at home. Ah, falling on death ears, my friend. You're touching, you're touching a nerve because I, I did I did think a few times I should be brave here and insist I'm going up to the Central Coast for a week. Uh, you got a marriage to think about, though, mate. Also, also, it's worth uh, mentioning that Brad has ne- still never been to Mount Smart Stadium. Yeah, right. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that's a three-hour flight to a man that's shit scared of flying. Like, I'll, I'll tell you how scared. Segway. Oh, no, no, it's just going off topic. Do you know, um, me and my boy. I'm so I don't like flying. I can't handle flying. Yeah. One one week, me and my boy were flying up to the west coast, um, for the weekend. And it was like five in the morning flight, and I'm in the car park, <laughs> sculling two beers, just to, <laughs> just to settle the nerves. And I get in there, and like I didn't really that time in the morning, I didn't have breakfast or anything. I'm a little bit half cut. Flight cancelled. Then I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, I gotta drive, I gotta drive this kid home. So we sat, we sat in the airport, and had some breakfast and that before the old boy drove Ted home twenty k. <laughs> but anywho. Oh, so you got one game in. Where was the Dragons game? It was at Cogra. At Cogra. Um, which is, yeah, so I'm in... I'm in What's um, the closest stadium to you? To me. So I can walk to Leichhardt Oval. Can you? Um, cool. Um, yeah, and then, you know, it's not that far into the Sydney Footy Stadium or, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the... Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So... Oh, it's um, going to be good stuff. I've got place, plenty then. of options, yeah. but it just, it just never happened. Hold out this How many spare bedrooms you got? <laughs> uh, I'm putting a floor down in a garage, so yeah. Nah, me and Will can top and tail of you and the missus, mate. It'll be yeah. sweet. I'm, there's um, no way I'm staying in a in an Australian garage with all those funnel webs running around. <laughs> no. um, I tell you what, I watched. Sorry, still off topic, but that uh, is it. Campbelltown doing the redevelopment? Um, is it Campbelltown or well, the the Sydney Footy Stadium in in the centre of the city is doing one. Um, I don't think Campbelltown's doing one. Is that, wasn't it on the Tigers' Tale of the West? I was watching it on Tales of the West oh, the other day, and they're doing some set up there. Jeez, that right. looks pretty cool. That's Concord. So, oh, is that Concord? Uh, yeah, they're, they're doing a redevelopment, but 
Um, like that that oval is like a park footy oval, mate. And and they're I don't they're they're making it a training base, like a better training base oh, for the West Tigers. Yeah, is it actually Concord Oval, the um yeah the famous old Concord yeah. Oval has hosted yeah, yeah, yeah. used to be New South Wales rugby's. Yeah, so oh, in, right? in the nineteen ninety seven Rugby World Cup, a semi final of the Rugby World Cup was played there in front of a crowd of five thousand people. Um, so, so, 87, yeah. yeah uh, sorry, 87, yeah. 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 Is that how, right? how, how did you know it was 87, not 97? 87. Because oh, the, I just that, know when there was a World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, it was 87. Yeah. Um, and um, and that was that's where rugby was at at the time. But, yeah, so it's the same stadium. I drive past it quite often. I'd like yeah. to get to my parents' house from here. I drive past there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Leichhardt's my closest stadium. The footy stadium's close. Homebush oh, is close. I'm, I'm, sm- I'm smack in the middle, mate. Um, look, Leichhardt's good because I used to be a Tigers fan. Yeah. Um, a Balmain fan back yeah. in the day. And um, it's it's good because it's got that very suburban vibe. No one's going there for the stadium. No one's yeah. going there for the match day experience. They're going there because they like watching rugby, yeah. watching the Tigers. And... You know, it's good. You've got the um, little kids on the hill crawling around in the bourbon cans that have been sort of tossed down, and, <laughs> and you, you, you go to the you go to the bathroom and there's no troughs. There's just a chiselled out groove <laughs> down down the edge of the wall, um, and, and you just you just go into the groove and it somehow works its way out, and you you know you sort of that's what you want, isn't it? Carefully you step, um, but it is. It is still there's something about it, and yeah. uh, the area it's in, like there's no public transport way of getting there really. So you've got to drive like two k away or get a bus about a k and a half away, and then walk. So as you walk, everyone else who's going to the footy is walking with you, and you're going through these old terrace houses, and um, it's 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 a good experience. Did um, you go to any games there this year? No, 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 mate, no. Just that, so that Warriors St. George only game you made it to this and, year? Well, we had COVID as well for, yeah. you know, parts of the year as well. But, yeah, he's that a was a Jack, eh? Yeah, he's he really a is. Jack, man. Oh, man. Don't get me started on him. He's cocking but, uh, Yeah, so, anyway, um, where are we centres? Who's the other centre? That's um, the big question. Well, so Hickory, we're, but, we're all agreed that Rocco Berry is... Uh, He's the future. He is. He, he is. A, but is he around? Is he around one best seventeen mm-hmm. next year? Okay. Yeah. For me, he is on the right. He so he's it's it's Johnson throwing the Berry throwing as Lesniak is my oh, right. Oh, that oh, sounds yeah. all right, doesn't it? So who is? Yeah, who's your other one? Obviously, Peter Hacko is gone. gone. Uh, the other players that played centre, Marcelo actually played six games at centre for us this year. Um, Viliami Vilea had a couple of games late in the season, and Ewan Aitken is obviously in the mix, and um, old mate Adam Pompey, who played all 16 of his games at centre this year, despite our protestations that he is a far better winger than centre. Full-strength team with the forward pack we could have round one. I'm putting Aiken out there come round one, I think. I know he's transferred into the back row, but yeah. He's a specialist right centre. Oh, is he? Oh, no, he's no, he's left. He's left, isn't he? Um, I'm pretty sure Aiken's left centre. Hang on, let me have a look. I'd like to give Army another shot. 
I, I was pretty impressed with that kid. He had a little bit of spark. He may not have the footy knowledge he needs yet, but he didn't piss me off. Yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I think you're right, Fonzie. But it was more of a less centre at St George, but played a fair bit on the right for us this year. Yeah, we swapped him around where we needed, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the defensive. But no, he, he can play left. I, I would play Aiken, but I don't think Brownie's going to. I think Brownie's really? going to play Pompey. Pompey. Pompey just doesn't have the smarts for me, and I'm convinced that it's a um, uh, there's a, a bit of nepotism talk around Peter O'Sullivan with Lodge and O'Sullivan. I think it's even worse with Pompey because he brought him to the Roosters and convinced that he was the best prospect he'd ever seen, and he just won't let it go that he's you know just a a winger at best at NRL level. But did you see anything from him at centre this year that made you think he's going to work out as a NRL centre? I thought he went really well up until he signed his three-year deal, yeah. and then I thought he went off a cliff. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I I don't I don't rate him. Like, I never did, and then I felt silly because he sort of improved in a way I didn't expect, and he had a few good games. But, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'd be if I could, I wouldn't have him. Um, that's why I, I play Aitken. Now, I think it sort of goes to the game model a bit. So I reckon Brownie's model is it's clearly big middles, but then very mobile players outside him, right? And so um, I think I think Brownie is looking at it going, well, Aitken doesn't have a pass on him. And I'm not saying Pompey has a great pass on him, but, you know, you wouldn't say he's worse. I almost do, think he's Do you reckon? Worse. Yeah. yeah. I, Aiken has zero passing ability. Well, yeah, they're both, they're both terrible in, um, in that department, I think. Well, yeah, I'm just off Pompey as a centre. I think Same. his good games in 20, yeah. uh, 2020 were as a winger. Like, that's when he sort of came into his own. Um, I'm just... Yeah. He's too slow for wing, but he's too slow for wing, isn't he? Like he was. Yeah, I, I he, had, he had. He was. A, he played six. He had sixteen starts at centre, one try assist this year. I mean, and I can't recall what it was, but I mean, even your, even your, you know, your most non-passing centres chalk up a couple of, you know, catch and pass try assists for a winger to have one try assist. In a season where you started 16 games at centre is pretty ordinary, I think. No, I'm with you. I'm agree. So okay, so Pompey, we're going to cut him from the squad. So then, yeah. Um, so then, Rick. is it Aiken or Valia? Um, well, I'd like to throw another one in the mix, David Fossatua, and also yeah, okay. into the wing mix. Uh, you know, there's still the chance that he comes back and and is a force at NRL level. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Valia. I. I I did like Vilea too. I watched him in Queensland Cup last week. Um, yeah. This is actually a sign that you're a bit of a tragic Warriors fan because the Para semi-final was on it like around the same time as the Redcliffe game. <laughs> and I didn't watch the Para semi in the NRL. I watched the Redcliffe game. I didn't have time to watch both. So um, his, his carries are fine. Maybe his defence is, is not yeah. there. He's, he's, he's well off in defence. Um, I'm actually not – personally, I'm not actually convinced he's going to get there in defence, actually, from what I yeah. saw. But but he certainly needs some time. So I, I wouldn't be – from what I saw there, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be playing him first up at least. How did David go? Who, Fuss? Yeah. Um, he's carrying a bit of weight. Jeez. He's, he's he's actually done really well since he's come back for Redcliffe, like yeah. as a dropping class. Um, but he has done pretty well. I still don't know what's going on there, man. Like, I, 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 I don't know what's going on there. If I, I had to think, I'd say that wasn't that's probably not going to work out for him. I, I just think professional sportsman's not the thing for David Fusatua. Person like he's, I think, I think he's tapped out. I don't know if that's what he's into. I know it's easy money for him now, but I don't know. He's he's just looks like the type of guy that would be happy just to give it all away and just well, hang off his family and I'll, live I'll a normal life. If if you're looking at that, you know the last four weeks of Redcliffe, or th- I think he's played two games. Puss, um, I haven't watched every game of Redcliffe, but if you're looking at the performance, you go well. If I got to pick someone up here into my three quarter line, I'm picking Fuss. He's a cut above over, eh? over Valier. Yeah, you he's would definitely yes, a cut above. Um, so I wouldn't write him off, but I mean it's it, it's just confusing, right? And there's rumours, and I'm not going to talk about the rumours, but um it's just confusing so it's very hard to understand what's going on and and like we need you need to be able to rely on people yeah you know yeah um so if you can't rely on him you're not going to invest in him because edge combinations are so important and this is i'm going to come to when we talk about interchange in a minute but edge combinations are important you can't chop and change your edge every two minutes you know because they need to understand when we're going up when we're going out when you know and um if you can't rely on somebody to be there every week, subject to injury, but also, you know, just to be consistent in their performance, I, you, you can't have them. So, look, I, I, I'd love to have a, a fully fit Fusatua out there, you know, because he, he's a oh, gun player. He but, is so talented. But we, I would we like should... to – can I just throw out there that, that when his uh, career hit the skids was when Sean Johnson left, Sean Johnson being the chief architect of his 23 tries and 23 – games uh season 2018 maybe that you know there could be some little spark there i know that you know down look, that right wing also but. what we're saying is we need to sign a center we yeah. need um, we well, have any, we have we can't even pick a solid starting center pairing let alone have backup at center well I, I, yeah i don't know about that so we've got aiken right who's not perfect but he's not terrible we've got valia coming through he's probably a year away Maybe, you know, maybe a bit longer. We've got Fusatua, who's question mark. So we might need a side of centre, but how the fuck do you know, right, based on that? How do you know? What's, like, that, yeah. what's that Parramatta guy the rumours were about? Oh, yeah, good point. Nicole. Right, uh, Nicole. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he'd be a centre, even though he's primarily a back rower at Parramatta. You'd start him at centre. But see, oh, but Brownie won't, because Brownie's trying to turn – centers into back rowers he's not going to turn back rowers into centers <laughs> he won't no it's not his go true. yeah no that's true right I don't just, think, yeah can centers. i just uh, i just want to touch on edward cossey um you know my thoughts on him as much nah. as i feel sorry for the kid is he gonna play first grade ever again bonzi should he or will he i mean so yeah. um I I just thought he's he's clearly come up way, way too early. 
right? So is it too early or he's just never getting there? I mean, I don't know the answer to that, man. I, I don't want to write the dude off forever in a day, but um, <laughs> he looks I, like I, one of these big young kids yeah. that have dominated through the age group, like, and now I mean, get to proper my, my, footy. My fo- I haven't played a game of rugby league in more than 20 years, and my footy IQ is higher than his. I'll fucking tell you that now. So, um, <laughs> that so, game against St. George Illawarra. I, I, like, yeah. Are you mean, coming to the train and trial with us I next mean, year, mate? You know, um, he's, he's, he's got about 15 kilo more muscle than I do, but come on, man. Like, really? Um, yeah. It, it was just it was just so far off, you know. Like yeah, it wasn't like oh the circumstantial. It was. I'm, it was... I'm not getting a sandpaper out and rounding the edges. I'm getting the <laughs> circular saw out and hacking the middle. Yeah, yeah. Get the know, router. Put yeah. You know, yeah. Put I mean, it. <laughs> it was just. It was just too far off. I'm getting yeah. a jackhammer out. Yeah. Sm- yeah. Um, yeah. Poor boat. And it's not. It's not a personal attack. But he, he's. It's that next step. He's. He's too far off. Too far. I'll be interested. Did you see any of him in the QRL? Was he part yeah, of a rig? I, I didn't think he went that well in the Redcliffe game. Is that right? right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was looking at that because I thought about that. And I, yeah, I, I reckon he's borderline Q Cup at the moment. I reckon he's yeah. got to do a solid year in Q Cup before yeah. a self respecting first grade side goes, oh, I'm ready for this guy to come <laughs> into my 30. Self <laughs> first grade side. Yeah, no, that's, that's no, a right. valid line. Like he, okay, so he's big. In, we, we just seem obsessed with carries at the moment. We've got a big dude who can carry, but then uh, on the flip side, we're trying to get mobility through there. It's yeah. that is that is part of this whole brownie thing that I struggle with. I, there's not a through line through some of this. No, like, the, the game's changed. The game's changed as well. It's not about the big dudes busting up. You need some zippy zappy onto it yeah, people running Montoya around. Montoya and Dallin can quite comfortably make 150 plus a game yeah you know so centers uh jury's out i think in conclusion well, that, i think we're kind of hairy and aiken but it's but we're not overly, overly amped about it no <laughs> we're not I'm, oh, I'm, well. I'm, I'm amped about barry I'm also, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd have Barry there all season. I'd love to see him play a full season. I reckon he's, you put you put, Barry, you put Barry on the market now. He gets snapped up by a top club. Is my yeah, no, oh, no, yeah. there's there's a huge huge potential there. Again, yeah, it's it's just it's all about you know potential, which is it'd be great if we were running him yeah. with a centre. I don't even the, know if it's potential with gun. him. You can tell no, he's a class act. I think you can tell he's a class act. But I get what you're saying, Will, because we've got about eight blokes who are all like, if they take that next step, which we reckon yeah, they yeah, do, yeah. but if they do, you know. It's, you know, um, I mean, it's it's yeah. it's Chanel and, and Egan and, and Walsh, you know. And Barry and, you know, yeah. Yeah, so many. How many like years that. need to go by on potential? Katoa and, yeah. yeah. And it's not just, and it's not, like, we're talking about Barry being our first centre pick, and he's played eight yeah. games in first grade. Rather than you know we've got Joey Manu as one centre and yeah Barry can develop into a, a great centre too. Uh, it's like TWL yeah. mate. We've got the potential to be a great podcast, but how long do they stick with us to try and wait for a result? <laughs> yeah, I well, think uh, well, I'm give, sure give Ruth the, and Tracy are about to take over next season give, if we don't uh, if we can't prove our potential. Given the other <laughs> options, mate, I reckon that's the ground for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we're as good as it gets at the moment you reckon Fonz <laughs> um, yeah. alright so halves 
So SJ, obviously, not worth talking about. Um, yeah. So you- everyone was CHT or someone want to go Cody or Ashtara? No. Uh, if we're talking round one, it's three. CHT. Yeah, definitely. I re- I'd love for that combination to work out. And yeah. I, th- I really think that it is, you know, just the um, the chemistry. Is, like Chanel came through the under-20s. He was the last under-20s, um, <laughs> last under-20s half. And he was, you know, he's coming through in, in that Sean Johnson era as the sort of heir apparent kind of thing. Um, and then before he'd played first grade, Sean was jettisoned or however that worked out. And all of a sudden now he's, you know, a replacement. I think he probably always envisaged that he'd be coming into first grade as Sean Johnson's understudy. And um, now he finally gets that opportunity. I think I really do admire him and and that 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 is going to be a factor in, you know, just, just that, um, yeah, just that little bit of extra magic that that you can't put down to numbers or whatever. Is this the last year we give CHT a chance though next year? Oh, I think Is, we'll. Know. I think we'll know. We'll know yeah. by the end of next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The you know, hopefully he can get twenty games, twenty plus games in, and and we see. Like, I mean, he, he's he hasn't played more than thirteen games in a season yet, so. Yeah. It has been hard to, to, and he hasn't played all of them as a starting half. He's come off the bench for the first two seasons yeah. several times and only played 11 games this year. So with That's a fun. range of different half partners, if we can see Chanel, you know, if they can, if even if he can play 15 to 18 games with Sean, we'll know what he's about. Yeah. And he's 22 now. It's, yeah, it is time, but... It is time. Yeah. That's what uh, that's right. What I'm alluding to. It's actually time for him yeah. to to work out whether we need to keep paying this dude some coin or yeah. Do you do you shoot off to the Tigers? Yeah. I, I'm all in on CHD. Yeah. So I I love his head. I love the head on the kid. Um. But yeah. Would say Sean picks up a bit of a injury. He's out for several weeks. Misses ten games or so in the regular season. Who are you putting with Chanel? Assuming we've got Ash Taylor. Yeah. And Ash so, so I'm playing. I'm playing Ash. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. First oh. crack and everything. Yeah. I, I'm playing. I'm pl- like. Code. So oh, so this brings us to Cody, right? So how are you using him? I don't, I don't know at the moment. Even. Is he a 14? Is he even a 14 at the moment? I so, don't know. So this is the thing, right? And this has actually really shocked me uh, when I um, someone on the NZ Warriors forum called it out or pointed me to an article about it or something. So um, Justin Morgan, the defence coach, <laughs> has come out and said, Cody and Jazz are in the battle to be the bench utility. Right, so he's straight out said Just Vunga is is not a middle is is not going to start, and he's in the battle with Cody to be the bench utility. Um, he said that for next year. Yep, um, I think Justin Morgan should be in the battle to be defensive coach for next exactly. year. Exactly. So, so, okay, so bef- before you go down that path, though, so tell me why why that's a bad call? Because my first reaction was WTF, but okay, let me put it first. 
you got two middles, right? Two front rowers. It'd be Lodge and uh, Fanua Blake. <clears throat> Tohu's going to start at thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I would think about starting Tohu in the in the second row as he on as the edge. Like, yeah, on oh, the edge. I don't know. Too slow, I, I man. Think, Too slow. Okay. I, I don't know if I he's on an edge. Really I love uh, Jazz starting at 13, and I like him more than a lot of people do. But, you know, I definitely think he's worth having as a, you know, he plays his best footy as a, even if he's coming off the bench as a middle forward. And I don't really rate him as a dummy half. So, I don't like Morgan as a coach, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I hear what he's, I hear what he's saying as both of them can cover a couple of positions. As that utility, I'd, I'd rather have Odicolo as your number fourteen than either of those guys. If Jazz is only a fourteen, then I don't think he's okay. So, so, so let's talk about the bench because um, I know it's jumping, but okay. So you got eight interchanges, right? You need two props because you got to yep. sub your props, yep. and they're going to come on and off. So that's four, yep. right? So yep. then you got four more. You probably want one up your sleeve as a injury interchange, right? So then you got to choose what's your other rotation going to be. Is it going to be a hooker? Is it going to be an edge back rower? Is it going to be a 13? Right? And, and you can do more than one, right? But it's actually not that straightforward. So let's say we're going – we'll jump to props. So starting props are Lodge and Fanua Blake or Done. the yeah. – okay, Well, the so, front row, you've got Egan. And he's starting the hooker. And you're starting hooker at the moment, clearly. Yeah. So yeah. then we've probably got the Penne bloke from the Storm and our four. As the other two, would you say at the moment as your your backup, your bench props? Yeah. Um, so there's your four. So you, you're doing four interchanges on that, right? Now, I think we learnt this year Egan probably needs a rest or it'd be good if we can give him one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still don't think he's, you know, uh, there's not okay. a, a lot of 80-minute hookers around and I'd, yeah, I'd like to have him get a rest because he, it'll be better for him and the team. I'm with you. So... Um, then we're going to sub him and we're either going to use one there or two, depending if we're bringing him back on, you know, so probably, if you do, probably two, isn't it? Uh, that's, you know, you know, you want to finish with you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if it's two, then that's six. Right? Yeah. yeah. So then you've got to decide, am I going to sub my 13, right. To give, you know, an extra fresh legs through the middle, or am I going to use an impact edge back row? And we've got a lot of impact edge back rows in the squad. We've got Murdoch Masilla, we've got uh, Katoa, oh, right? Yeah. So I've got to decide, am I going to play a game where I've got an impact edge, like Masilla, say, doing 30, 40 minutes, and I'm swapping him in and out, or am I going to rotate my 13? And so if you say I'm going to play Murdoch Masilla on an edge, then you don't have room for um, a hooker and Both, a, yeah. a lock change so yeah. you go I, I go i'm going to play eight like say i'm going to play my 13 tohu for 80 minutes and then i'm going to rotate my edge and rotate my hooker and if you're doing that who's the best hooker well cody's a better hooker than jazz right and yeah, and who's has. the so also jazz gives you the option of you know having a, a back rower um if the game plan changes throughout the 80 minutes how do you mean? So you, you well, could well, I mean, if you know your plan is to play him at hooker, if if it works out that Egan, you know, is gone good, and you don't want to replace him, then Jazz is a still a back row option. But so yeah, I, I, but he can't play edge, but so so that means you've got no. to have eighty minute edge players. 
Well, or or like Torhu is known Margot. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he's yep. too. He's yep. you know not yeah. Um, Angus Crichton, but he's he's. I think he holds his own. I think he's he's selling yeah, a who, wee bit. Who's our starting back row? Tohu, Curran. Who's who's the third one? Well, so I play Katoa, but so would he, I. He uh, might play Aiken. Yeah, I, I would play those three. Katoa played eighty minutes last year. I don't know what's happened there. Like, I he, don't know what's going on there. And he was. It wasn't. He his form was pretty good. Man, I saw him live last year a couple of times, and. When I saw um, the Warriors play live against Saints this year, the thing that just struck me, and I said on the podcast, was Curran was the everywhere man, right? This guy yeah. was – he was just ripping in everywhere, kick chase, kick pressure, um, you know, decoy lines. And when I saw <laughs> when I saw Katoa in 2019 – sorry, 2020, it was the same. Um, yep. He was the everywhere man. And so I don't – I don't accept he doesn't have a motor, but they seem to want to move him to being one of these players who could do edge or middle and they're bulking it. Like, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. But, I, Man. but my preferred back row, to be honest, is Karen Harris in the second row and, and Tavanga as a... As a 13. I don't know about, I don't know about Tavanga starting at 13. I, 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 I like I him off the bench. Being able to play hooker is the worst thing to ever happen to Jack Tavanga and that he yeah, and and that he's not, you know, six foot tall. I think that he provides for me, I th- and I know he's got his discipline issues and stuff, but I think performance wise he's been one of our best for the past four seasons on the you know, looking at it overall. And um yeah, I don't know. I think it, he's uh looking at slipping through the cracks at the moment. Jazz? He is. He, it, it's got, and, got those signs and, about it. And what? And Fons, what do you think about um, Bailey Surinan locking down the number thirteen jersey for basically the last six rounds? And Jazz is in and out of the team, bit of a spare parts man. I mean, Bailey Surinan for me is what he showed this year is pretty pedestrian. Yeah. Um, no, I, I tend to agree. Like, so he tackled well. So, I think Brownie, as far as I can tell, this is what I, this is what I reckon Brownie's thinking, which is probably not what Brownie's thinking, and it's definitely not what I'm thinking. But, um, but, but I reckon Brownie's take is uh, I'm going to have big middles, but then I need very mobile players around the outside of them, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, at the moment, teams are with the new rules and all that, teams are getting a roll on through the middle and then they're stripping wide. And so if I'm going to have big middles, that's important because it gets me that roll on. But I need very mobile edge players because they need to be able to transition very quickly from defending in the middle to defending on the edge and um, swinging in and out. So um, I think he's, you know, Bailey's been pretty good defensively in the sense that he's made a lot of tackles. Um, But everyone heard that, Will. Don't, don't try and hide it, mate. Just yeah, it's like you're bending down to get that out of the air shot then. I don't think he um, did anything that rocked my world this year, Sirenin. Um But I don't, I don't think we've had that 13 role nailed very well from anyone this year. So Jazz has played that role and, you know, done some good things, but, you know, I'm not sure he quite nailed it. Um 
when Tohu was there, he played there a bit, but I don't think he quite nailed it. Ciro, I don't think nailed it. And uh, back to your mate Samuel St George, um, who on your podcast a couple of weeks ago um, made the correct point. I think that um, the 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 thirteen needs to be a ball playing role, right? You've got to be able to do the work, but you've got to be able to ball play. You've got to be a link, right? You've got to be able to um, if your halves aren't swinging the ball to a tram line when it's on, the thirteen has to be able to do it. You need multiple people who can do that. So do you think Harris can do that and Jazz can't? I, I don't think Harris um, can do that, actually. I Not think, at his I, age now. I, I think Harris is a middle player. Like, he's a ball player through the middle. Kind of like that, you know, um, him and a prop can have a nice passing interchange through the middle. But I don't think he, I don't think he's swinging it out to a tram line. I think Sirenden can do that. I think Jazz can do that. Um so where does that leave me? It leaves me saying I think Jazz is a better player than Sirenden and I don't I don't think Sirenden should get ahead of Jazz, but I don't think either of them are getting in the seventeen. Yeah, I'm okay. So I'm who so of, who is your who are your um back rows? I've kind of jumped so, in there. Who, who's in your back your eleven, twelve, thirteen? So I think what I would do is I'd go um just get the you might have already said actually Katoa. Yeah, so so Karen. I go Karen Katoa Tohu. Yeah. Um and then I'd probably have a Murdoch Masia on the bench with two props and Cody. And so um Cody's there for injury cover in the backs as well as to spell Egan. So if you get an injury in the backs, well Cody's coming on and everyone's shifting out. If you don't, he's playing thirty minutes a hooker somewhere. Give Egan a rest. Um, Murdoch Masia is rotating with Katoa because between them, that's a lethal edge. Yeah. And um, you're obviously, your two props. If I put Jazz in there, then I've got to make Katoa play 80 minutes and I can't use Murdoch Masia anywhere because he's not in the 17. Um, if I put Jazz instead of Cody, I've got to either um, make, I've got to make Egan play 80, right? And I've got to then shift Tohu to the edge to give Katara a spell. I mean, I, I, just, I mean, it's not. I'm not wedded to any of it, but it's it's pretty hard, I reckon. It is mm. hard. Oh it is yeah, hard. Like, it's certainly hard after you know, a couple of beers. But this <laughs> couple of coldies, mate. Couple more than a, more than a couple there, Fonzie. The the, yeah, the me and Will have been sending texts behind texts to each other behind your back. You're going, far This kid needs to slow down. He's got a family there with him. Can he be doing this in front of his kids? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, and how bad would it be? If, if you got likes of an Ash Taylor, I'd almost be chucking a CHT as the utility and Taylor Oof. and Johnson running. Oof. Oof. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a... It's the same as a Cody. But it's just because what Cody's done to me this year. That's that's where I'm at with Cody at the moment. Like if you want him, you know, if you bring Cody on for half a, half an hour at hooker and he kind of goes AWOL, then yeah, it's a tough his, game. Uh, yeah, but, at, at, but that, yeah. at that point you just bin him, right? And and you yeah. you bring Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, But I imagine if uh, I was uh, if I was Jazz, right, and I was thinking about this the same way we are. I'd be pretty kind of concerned or pissed yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got. Yeah, 
Did he just season. re-sign a new contract this year? Yep. He did, eh? Because the Bulldogs well, had a little nibble at him. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. So we've got two years. Yeah. Injuries happen and all this goes out the window when you get injured. Exactly. So exactly. I wouldn't be too worried about it. But, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, so what have we got left? Who, who haven't we picked? Who, who's your bench? Um, yeah, for, well, that 14, honestly, if, if we're going with uh, your guys' back row, I'd probably prefer Jazz as the 14 still. I like his range of versatility, even though Cody's probably a better hooker. Um, Pena and... Bunty, yeah, definitely my preferred rotation props there. And I'm I'm keen to see how this Pene goes. Who's, who's your extra back row? Uh, Murdoch Masilla, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to see if he could uh, rediscover. So the only body, yeah, uh, the only the question mark is that Cody or Jazz, and that is going to be, I guess, old mate defensive coach was bang on. He he. I guess he knows a little bit about rugby league, but um, he—that is the question mark. Who who to utilize? I don't know if there is room, but there's even before first round, there'll be an injury in that Ford pack that someone can't play, and it'll be a swap for swap. Well, I mean, you've got Lodge out for round one, so Kane yeah, Evans be the number eight. Oh, no, would you play Tohu at prop? Well, yeah, Tohu, I would. Tohu I would. would probably come on at prop, and then yeah. Tohu, Tohu's yeah, a prop. He is, properly, he will be, he is, yeah. And I, at the moment, with him, he's in behind Lodge and Fanua Blake, but I'd probably rather Tohu running at prop. But um, Fonzie, any concerns about Harris's run of injuries? He played all 20 games in 2020, but uh, aside from that, he missed eight games in 2018, he missed 11 games in 2019, and he missed the last nine games of this year. Any concerns? Around his uh, longevity, at he'll be thirty when the season kicks off. Well, I, I think you set the um, the Warriors media world buzzing when you flagged rumours about his uh, future in one of your one of your post game posts. Well, I had seen um, it. Uh, no, no, I'm with, you. I, yeah. I'm with you. I, I think um, I've seen people post online varying dates for when he'll be back and fit from round one to mid-May, which would be round eight, ten. Yeah. Um, And what's wrong with him? Uh, Remind us what that injury is. What's he got going on? Tohu? Yeah, what was it? Is it a knee? Well... I've heard there's I'm, – I'm buying time here while Will Googles. I've, I've yeah. heard there's um, HIA issues. Um, oh. so, so he's had a few HIAs. I've heard that. That might be wrong. I'm not saying yeah, that's true. Harris was an ACL. So and then he's so. done his ACL, so that's a oh, very long rehab. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to come back quicker. I don't no. think he's going to come back with better lateral movement, right? So that's why I'm kind of like I don't know about him on the edge anymore. Um yeah, and so, and and so thirteen, yeah, okay. Because um, like I kind of like the idea that you got Lodge, and because this year we had this issue, which was when Lodge and Fanua Blake went off, the rest of the middles were shit house. Yeah. Um, whereas if you say to Tohu, your job yeah. in, the, in the first thirty minutes is just tackle, don't take any carries, 
right? Lodge and Fanua Black taking the carries. Then when they go off and we bring on Bunty and this Penair bloke, I want you to take some carries, man, because um, he can he can take some really good carries through the middle. And so he's bringing that surge into the middle at the time we'd usually drop off. I think that fixes that problem. No, um, backbone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And like and coach, so, man. what's that? You should be a coach, mate. That's sensational thinking. Um, I, hope, uh, I hope Brownie's listening to this. Yeah, Brownie will. Well, Nath, yeah, Nath texted me and just wished us luck before the show tonight, so he'll be <laughs> listening. He's, he he's, said no hard feelings. He's, he said drink hard and follow on. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I can sort of see that. But, yeah, I am worried about Tohu. I'm worried about SJ. I'm worried about um, yeah. CHT. I'm worried about Egan. I'm worried about Walsh, frankly. Is, right? is there a player in the 17 that you're like, this this guy's a slam dunk. He's going to be awesome. Probably Adam Fanua Blake. And that's about it. Um, well, this, so this, so I reckon I know what I'm going to get out of Fanua Blake, Watene um, Zelezniak, Aitken, Curran. Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean. Uh, I, I like there's two things there's injury and then there's consistency right so yeah. um like players and, like tohu walsh um cht my concern's injury not consistency uh but yeah how do you but that's for that's footy mate that's footy look at the roosters this year they've spent yeah. a, a kajillion dollars assembling the best squad known to mankind and it's all gone ass up and there's nothing they could do. They've got, they've got depth. I mean, they're still playing in a semi-final tonight with a pretty decent-looking lineup. We're kind of scraping the barrel. Like, I mean, there's not too many guys we didn't talk about. If we have to call on other guys from our squad, it's, you know, Kane Evans, it's Jackson Frey, who's only played one game in the NRL. It's um, Jack Murchie, who fell off a cliff this year. Our depth is <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty ordinary. Yeah, you say that. You say that though, but um, Adam Kieran, who couldn't crack first grade for oh, us last no. year, is playing first grade for Roosters now and looking like a rock star, right? So yeah. it, it's not all about who you got; it's about what you what do. You do you know? with them. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's there's blokes in the. Do we have, do we have the coaching staff or whatever it is that the Roosters are able to manufacture seemingly ordinary players into? genuine first graders, you know, can we do that with guys if we need to? That's I reckon, a bit of a question. I, I reckon the answer to that is um, you've got to know what it is you want the blokes to do and, and have that drilled through the club. So um, the Roosters have a system. They know how to play. They've got their, their core players locked up. You know, they, they know um, what their style is and they've got a very clever coach. And they run that all the way through their development systems. They've got blokes probably at 16s, right, who are being told Tedesco's going to retire in six years, right? Yeah. Your, your goal here is to be the next Tedesco, and if yeah. the stars align, you'll be the next Tedesco. So this is how our fullbacks play, right? And we're going to train you in that for six years, and you're going to play junior reps all the way through in that manner. Right, same of the halves, same of the forwards, rah rah rah, and as the as the top tier adjusts, they'll adjust through the development system. We don't have any of that. Our blokes of Rocco Berry coming across from Union, 
um, you know, our junior guys, uh, guys we've poached like Sirenin from South, Murchie from Canberra, we don't have any of that consistency. So the truth is um, our coaching staff have to be so much better than a club who's got that pathway through their system than, you know, in order to achieve the same result is my take on it. Um, so, no, I don't think we have the staff that is going to um, be able to turn the shithouse injury situation of the Roosters into a, you know, what, what they've done because I don't think they're working with the same materials, even if our coaches were as good, which they might not be, you know. Yeah. Like, I reckon Robbo is a legend, personally. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they I, want I, to lock him up for like 30 years, don't they? I heard a rumour they want to just lock him in. This is our coach for the next 30 years. I'll tell we'll you what. Like, Imagine um, having that comfort. Robbo's, Robbo's yeah, a fantastic coach, you know. And But, yeah, like while you're off um, having a beer or whatever, Brad, um, <laughs> like my, my point was that the um, – like it depends what the coach has to do. So if they come into grade and they've already learnt all of your systems and plays and, you know, the the roles and the and so on versus I've pulled this bloke Berry from Union, I've pulled this bloke Murchie from Canberra, I've pulled this bloke, um, I don't know, Otokolo from, you know, Fox Memorial, I've pulled this bloke, you know, and then it's like, oh, this is how we play. Oh, by the way, this is my first year as coach, so I'm still working that out, right? Like, how do you how yeah. do you possibly achieve a result like the Roosters have when oh, he's, yeah. he's he's just going next man up? He's got yeah, his yeah. he's just going next man up. Hey. Got, but I mean, what's going to be just, interesting yeah. in the next couple of years? There's no junior grades at the, like. What's going to happen? There's no junior grades coming through. Two years time, I know it's a lopsided competition at the moment. It could be horrendous in 18 months' time with no one feeding through. How are they going to – what's the junior grades like in Aussie? Is there any junior grades? No, Aussie's, Aussie rugby league is pretty strong. Like, I mean, I, I think we're under the same. Are they playing, though? Queensland, yeah, so, so, so New South Wales, we're not. Um, yeah, that's Queensland, what I mean. Queensland, they are. We did play – I think we got through 16-odd rounds in New South Wales, so we got a, a season yeah, in, okay. you know, players got to play and stuff. But, um, yeah, it is going to hurt. It is going to hurt in a few weeks. But it doesn't need to be something that hammers some teams more than others just because the talent will go, you know, like the talent will move around. But what is different is that if, you know, if you've got players from 16s on who are in your program, so you're asking them to think and work on things that are relevant to how you do it. So, when, like, Melbourne... Um, everyone talks about Melbourne as an expansion club, and it's true, they are, but they go right down to mats at 16s, and they mm. have a system. And the 16-year-olds get taught the same thing as NRL, exactly yeah. the same thing, right? And so when you get to NRL into the squad, you already know 80% of it, right? Yeah. It's just, it, it just becomes game day tactics, right? It, like if you're a fullback in 16s, 18s, 20s, and then you get a call up from Bellamy who goes, Nico Hines and Pappenhausen are down, and I need you to step up, right? Yeah. You already know all of it except the game day tactics. So do you it, think we're just destined to, you know, be mediocre bottom half because no. we don't have set up? Oh, until we have that set up, we can't consistently be good. Mm-hmm. But, but the talk is we will have that set up. So, like, the articles coming out this week were we're going to have 16s, 18s, 20s in the New South Wales comp. 
which is oh. ideal. Um, and until we have that, the truth is we're not going to be um, a consistent good side. Now, you can you can jag it. You can go and get enough good players like Peter O'Sullivan, who I think is the best recruitment guy in the business, and people talk about nepotism and all that. But, man, that guy makes more good bets than he does bad bets, you know, and, and he's playing with a shitty hand at the Warriors, let's be real, in COVID and stuff. Um, yeah. he, he's, he's made a lot of good bets, and you can get a lot of good bets and suddenly have a squad that can win, you know. like So Rockerberry doesn't need six, seven years of coming through a system because he's just that good, you know, I think. Yeah. Um, but you can't find 20 of them every year. You know, you can't yeah. find – you can't find three of them every year. You can unearth a few. So in the long run, we need um, Ortex to put money in and get that system back through the juniors. Um, in the short run, though, I think I think we've got a bit going on. Yeah. I also think, I don't know, I still feel like the Warriors have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about it's not our job to develop New Zealand Rugby League. That's the impression I kind of got from Cameron George at the start of the year. Um and you know that it's in their best interest. Like I'm not expecting them to make all the pathways for New Zealand rugby league, but they still need to set something up and scout the better players. They I should mean, be fair served. But yeah. being South Islanders, we we um, are pretty off the the pretty rank history of South Islanders, you know, coming through the Warriors ranks when we see them all over the NRL, and every NRL club has some. You know, top-notch Kiwis. I think I brought up the stat last year. I'm, I'm not quite sure of the exact numbers, but it was around about the last 50 New Zealand test debutants. Only nine of them came from the Warriors, the only New Zealand club. And of those, I think only Kim Mamalo had played more than one season for the Kiwis. So not only were we not producing that many Kiwi debutants, we weren't even producing the good ones. But but you got to you got to have somewhere to put them right. So um, there's no use bringing yeah, that, them up. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the point now. But I mean, it's not like oh, COVID, we can't do it because of this. We've been shit at this for ages. Agree with you. No, it's it's like white baiting on the west coast, right? You got to have a big net, and you got to you got to chuck it over the largest possible area. Uh, yeah, right? You know, you need to be in the right spot at the right time, mate. White baiting. <laughs> <laughs> but. But that's true. They have to run a dragnet over the whole country, right? That's mm. the truth of it. Yeah, and I heard of it, who someone who was re- reportedly the um, the Warriors' official scout for Canterbury. I know who they are. And if that is the case, unbelievably poor management. Right. I mean, they'd be better off having me going around the grounds and saying, this kid's awesome. That's that's how dire it was, um, you know. And you know, we haven't had a, a Canterbury debutant, a genuine one, a genuine Canterbury junior come through the ranks. Just about either uh, the Warriors. Yeah. So they need to sort that out. Um, but it is. I am a bit sympathetic to the idea that you, you can't have the Warriors as the professional no. franchise responsible for grassroots development no, over the whole of it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 like Cameron George was almost like, oh, it's not our responsibility, but it's still your responsibility to scout the good players. From yeah, but, but this is the thing. So I did a podcast on this a little while ago. So the NZRL get, frankly, fucked over in terms of the distribution from the Australian Rugby League Commission. So um, 
the I, I forget the stats, Will, you'll probably know, but I think the Kiwi um, contingent in the NRL is something like 30, 40% of the, um, of the player group. It, it's high. Yeah. It's very high. Yeah, and growing. And, and growing. Um, the NZTV deal is material and it's sizable. Um, and I think there's a whole bunch of, you know, intangible benefits the NRL gets from having a Kiwi side. But they give no money back to New Zealand. So <laughs> Queensland and New South Wales get massive grants, right, for player development, for origin, for all this stuff. And the NZRL, as far as I can tell from reading the financial reports for the podcast I did, get two-fifths of fuck all, right, is the truth of it. And so um, if... It's like they're doing us a favour, letting us in their comp. Well, it, it's exactly like that, right? Like you wash your own face and I'll give you nothing else, right? So um, if the if the truth of it is that um, there's this <laughs> talent in New Zealand and it's a big market, and it is, it's as big as you know, Queensland or bigger, um, then some money needs to go from HQ back into NZ and that money needs to go into junior development, junior talent identification, and then the Warriors need to behave like a Brisbane, right? Um, Brisbane doesn't run all the juniors in Queensland. The QRL does, right? And then Brisbane sits over the top and goes, yeah, I'll take you, 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 right? And, and you come into my system and my system is what I pay for. And my system is how I train the next CHT, right, at age 16. So when he when he hits first grade at 21, he knows all this shit. Like, when, does that like, come with a history of success, though? Like no, your Melbournes and your Broncos? No. Like, like, if I was a young kid in New Zealand now and I had the choice of the Warriors or a Melbourne or a Brisbane, I know where I'd be off to. Yeah, 100%. But, but I mean, we did a... We, did a lot of good with their under twenties comp when our team was we strong. We did, We've yeah. Had a lot of good players, and none of them were probably quite the world, you know, the best right. player in the world that we wanted them to be. But you know, the bones of our first grade squad were, were built on those teams, and plenty of other clubs picked off. That it's not like they're poaching those guys at fifteen. Those yeah. guys were plucked out of our twenties and, and did really well at other clubs. So yeah, and and. So I kind of ground the Warriors that it was a really bad time with COVID when they threw all the eggs in the we're going to have a flag, uh, um, SG ball team instead of a flag team yeah. um, last year, and then that all fell apart with COVID. But, I mean, I still really yeah wondered the, about the, uh, you know, how that was going to work out not having the 20s. So the NRL's annual revenue is in the order of $300 million. Right. Whoa. The NZRL, when I read their financial reports, annual operating budget was under five. Is that right? If the NRL gave $10 million out of the 300 <laughs> right, yeah. to the NZRL, it would triple what they can do. Yeah, yeah, that's out of it. I mean, it's as simple as that, man. Like the, the QRL and the NSWRL, New South Wales Rugby League, they get grants in the order of 30, 40, 50, 80 million. You know, like, uh, actually, I made that up. I think it's lower than that, but it's in the tens of millions, right? And, um, and we get five. Not even. Well, no, that, that, well, that's, that's, that's your total budget. Now. You probably get one or two. Even if you won lotto these days, five million is not enough for you to be, hey, for, you a, for no, a whole family. Yeah, You're like, oh, seven would probably set me up for life. Eight would set me up. But a whole 
Yeah. You'd be yeah, lucky to buy a house in Sydney where you could put up a few young blokes for five million these days. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. It's um and I totally sympathise with New Zealand rugby league just having to go along with um Australia's position on the rugby league World Cup. I mean they've been having to do that for years, not not publicly complain that uh mm. we're not getting tests against Australia here. We've played them what once in the last yeah. since uh, the twenty fourteen Four Nations final. I think we played had one test with Australia and New Zealand, which is fucked up. Um <laughs> but it is. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, but we can't publicly complain because you know, we get what we're given. And bites um, so can it, can and, and if we complain about it, we're gonna get even less than that. It's um it's a really sad state of affairs for New Zealand rugby league. I don't really see a way can out I, of it. Can I segue from that into something a bit more personal but also controversial? So, yeah. so right, so, yeah. so, so yeah. <laughs> mate, do I want? No, so so when when Australia plays New Zealand in rugby league, but not in any other sport, I go for New Zealand. Was, what do you guys, that was a question that I've been sitting here wanting to ask. What do you guys think about that? Is is that is that like does that is that weird for you? Like if you know, um, it's weird. I almost feel sorry for you. Yeah. That you don't have that sort of like just hardcore patriotism. Yeah. So, is that right? Sorry, so you, you do support Kiwis? I've I've been a. No, 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 no. Only in oh, just no, rugby league. Just rugby league. Okay. Just yeah. No, I just um like a yeah. You you. I just feel that you can't possibly have the same sort of euphoric passion that you know that yeah, I, Brad I and I would have felt when we won the so 2008. Really, is it is it that so hard? Out? League, you were going to say the 2008 rugby league world cup. Yeah. 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 So I was with my tightest group of mates at that world cup. Like watching it on TV. Yeah. Um, shout out to Gundy there. And so, hey, and, Gundy, hey, Gundy, and, Gundy, and, and, and <laughs> he's a hard shot, that maggot. Hey, how's Gundy after a couple? He, uh, like, you know, he, he loves his footy, and obviously he's yeah. going for Australia. And I get a lot of crap for going for the Kiwis. And in that game, we, we were riding that, right? And at the end of that game, we were literally like fucking rolling around on the floor punching. Um, like just because it, had, you know, we'd had a few and it boiled over, and you know, um, like good times, like it was all fine, but you know, like it was, it grabbed me in the gut in the same way that, you know, like oh, watching, right. yeah, and and I don't really, um, do you own a Kiwis jersey? I guess like kind of like State of Origin where Kiwis yeah. get so wound up about, it, even though they don't have any, you know, genuine tie. I reckon I I enjoyed watching the Kiwis win, you know, games against Australia as much as any other game I've ever watched. And like partly it's um Are you an anti hero a little bit? Like are you a little bit anti hero? So you'd would rather go for the underdog? It's it's in the gut, it's not in the head, I'll tell you that. Is now. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the yeah. gut, not in the head. Um but it like partly it's it's good for the game, partly it's, you know, um yeah. Like it's good for international footy. Um, partly it's the underdog story, but partly it's, I know the players, you know, because yeah. Kiwi players play for the Warriors and uh, a lot of them, and they're also recruitment targets for the Warriors. And I watch them and I yeah. read about them, and so I like them, you know. And so um, yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Like I've never really been able do to. You, do you own a Kiwis jersey? I don't. Know, I, I mean, I don't own a Kiwis jersey, but I don't, yeah. and I do own a Kangaroos jersey actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh. What about your olds? Are your olds into rugby league? Your parents? Nah. Oh, no? so, so dad's side of the family, not at all. They're from yep. um, the Mediterranean, so they're not. Um, they're not like he's football, not football, from football. Us. Yeah, on mum's side, they're tragic leagueies. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they're you know um, St George and South mainly. So yeah, and Australian though. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Seen um, Fonzie a two thousand and six Crisco Kiwis jumper, Brad. I've actually got one up on the rack here. What, you don't have a Crisco sponsored jersey, do you? Me. Uh, no, I, where is it? Where is it? Sorry, pad, 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 pad. Brett, just for uh, people that can't see what, what Fonzie and I are seeing, Brett is podcasting from his incredibly untidy wardrobe. Yeah, this it's actually like we talked about it at the start, but I still can't get my head around it. He literally is podcasting oh, from I'm inside a walk-in wardrobe. Yeah, I've got my whole yeah, time. Even put things over the most untidy bits. It's a black cat. Yeah, so that's the that's okay. from the final of the 2020 World Cup. Yeah, I'd probably piss oh. on that, mate. On not yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, so if we're watching a cricket game together, you like to how New Zealand bunch of deadbeat little brother complex. I'm actually you send me your address, Fonz, and I'm going to send you my Kiwis jersey, my friend. It's oh, yours. What, it's yours. What Kiwis jersey? Go. I'm just trying to. Oh, there it is. That's yours, Fonzie. But it, it's weird, eh? Like it, like it, my mates don't understand it either, and I don't really understand it because I'm I'm very proud Australian, you know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm well and truly proud of you know my country and where I live. Okay. And but very, but, very but, but when when the rugby when the test matches run out, I'm I'm like I'm I'm punching walls for the keywords. I really am. Where were you for the 2008 World Cup final? I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about it. So um, I was at my mate Gundy's house um, and he was having a dinner party that had nothing to do with the footy. Oh, and so it was all the boys and their, and their wives. And, and I was like, oh, I just, I, I need a, like, I won't be able to. Um, sit at the table i'm gonna watch a game so i'm watching the game and then obviously the boys are slowly like well fonz is watching the game so the boys sort of gravitate away from the table i think it was an occasion but you know who gives a fuck no one cares and mm. so um so we're all watching the game and then you know it was all um 2008 was the billy slater throw inside benji marshall's oh call. that's and, right he imploded and, that's and, right and when that happened i went up to good and i'm like you start like you know, just started ripping him and so he just crash tackled me and so it was all, it was all on and um yeah it was uh sort of broke the decorum a bit but yeah i i, I mean but 2005 was another one when stacy jones basically kicked us home to a was it like a 20 20 nil win over the Oh, yeah, Ellen yeah. Road. We had a good run there for about four or five years in Brad, the international Brad, footy. do you remember where you were for the 08 final? 08 final. No, I don't. I don't know why. I think it's because that's when I was living in Queenstown. So no, those 10 years in Queenstown is just a haze. I think I was at Habiki Flat up on Helenstone Street in Queenstown, and I was watching it there. And to be honest, I have to I don't feel good saying this. I gave us no chance, so I was just on the deck having beers, and then guys were reporting to me, going, 
you might want to watch this. You might want to see yeah. this. Yeah, because I just I just had this feeling it wasn't going to be good, but I was happily wrong. And what? yeah, I was running around like a madman. It was 2008. I was in Queenstown, Habiki Flat, Helenstone Street, Simon Leversidge's house. Well, oh, nice. I, I had just moved to Brisbane or six months earlier, and uh, JD, the late JD Evans, had uh, bought a bunch of World Cup tickets, and then the GFC hit, so he didn't make the trip over, and he said, well, you know, take your mates. So I took, Oh, uh, did you go? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Uh, it was me, Tim Mudders, and, um, and Dan Hyde uh, scooped up uh, Dad's unused ticket. Um, and so, and so we're there, um, up up in the up in the high nosebleeds. Yeah, up in the nosebleeds, but there's no bad seat in Suncorp Stadium. We're down ten 0 early, and all the Aussie Dan's, you know, Danny come and worked on the building site. He's oh, yeah, 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 biggest yeah. locker accent of all time. He's given us heap, man, Tim heaps of shit. Uh, we're down 10 nil, and everyone around us is making Kiwi jokes and like, oh, then you get Peter Jackson out there, fucking this and that, and me and Tim are just biting our lip. Then uh, just an unbelievable game, um, just sensational. Honestly, one of the greatest moments of my life. We'd actually been at the, it just happened to be the um, get first day of the Gabba test between New Zealand and Australia that same Saturday. Oh, so, so you were primed. That all day. Yeah, we've been at that all day. It was awesome. Nice. Um, and, yeah, and then just an incredible win. Just all those moments are just ingrained in, into the memory. And yeah, That's probably, rad. I didn't realise you were actually at oh, the game. Best live, um, yeah, live league experience I've ever had. Better than Have, my honeymoon? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, but, um, was... but, yeah. I spent my honeymoon at Suncorp with Will Fonz, yeah. just to let you in on the joke there. Yeah, right. Me, me and Tracy went to the Goldie for, I uh, went to Brisbane in the Goldie for a honeymoon, and we got to see Sean Johnson score yeah, that try, Johnson. the classic try against Broncos. Amazing. Yeah. Nothing yes. weird about spending your honeymoon with Will either, mate. Don't worry about that. Um, uh, top and tail, mate. Coming up on 10 years, mate. You just, yeah, not long ago, 10-year anniversary, Brent. What um, is this? I do have one last anecdote about the 08 World Cup final. Um, yeah. Everyone was, because most of the crowd was Aussie, so they cleared out. And we finally <laughs> said to Dan, all right, let's go, mate. And then uh, Foo Fighters, my hero, came on. One of my all-time favourites, particularly back then. And so we made Dan stay there for the whole thing while we screamed out every every lyric to it. Just, yeah, just, oh, just such a great night and just high-fiving random Kiwis outside the stadium. It was... Uh, oh, it'd be a good night to be a Kiwi and a Kiwi and or a Kiwi supporter. Mm. Yeah, mate. I, I actually can't wait till everything's opened up and, you know, I can come over there and... Uh, mate, yeah. We, we, we might get old Larko up to Auckland... Get me on a plane. Get me on a plane. You wait. When I get off the plane, I'm the happiest man in the world, though. That's the brilliance. When I arrive, I am on cloud nine because I haven't died. I'm looking around. Drive up and get the ferry over. (laughs) Now I sit there. I sit there, and you know what happens when I'm in an airport? I look at the people on the plane there, and I imagine the pictures of everyone that died in the crash being flashed up on the news article, and I look around to see if anyone important is going to die with me. But um, I'm, I am going to send you this jersey, Fonz. It's yours, my man. It's a gift from me to you. What what size is it, Brad? Because because I'm. What size uh, do you run, Fonz? How big are you? What what height? What's your height? Oh, 180. 180 weight. Yeah. 
80 oh. odd? 85? No, nah, <laughs> mate, no, no. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm north, north of 90 these days. I <laughs> yeah, she might be slimming, but that's what the boys wear I, these I, days. I, I, yeah, no, I'm, I, I probably could lose a few, but yeah, I, it'd want to be large. Yeah, we can scribble. We can scribble the email. <laughs> that'll give me a goal. Take me about six. Yeah, six, yeah, exactly. Six years yeah. To get there, but, yeah, yeah, shredding, shredding. We call it here. Um, so what's happening? So have, have we covered everything? I think we've just about covered a lot tonight. Well, haven't we, there's there's one question. Yeah, um, I didn't ask for questions, but we got a question on Twitter that yeah. I think we should answer um, from Simon Griffin, who says, "Well, if you blokes are going lowbrow." Which we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, what in the history of the Warriors is the single biggest fuck up? A, in terms of a player, and B, in terms of management. So the A and B does my head in a bit. I'm just going to summarise that down to what is the single biggest, you know, management recruitment related fuck up in your opinion in the history of the Warriors? Not giving Cleary three years. Yeah, fair. That's mine. In terms of the biggest cock up, the the biggest mistake the Warriors have made is not giving Cleary the contract he was after. You? Um, I'd actually like to hear what Will thinks about this because um, he's obviously the historian. But um, you know, so in in my opinion, um, and I'm certainly not recapping for the sake of wanting to come back, but. Um, you know, the question of who is, what is the single biggest management or player retention recruitment fuck up in the history of the Warriors? I think it's it's the Ali Lawatini uh, yeah. sacking in the Daniel Anderson era. Like when we, we just had that, we were there. Like we were, yeah. we were there. We were a club that I think could have entrenched itself and yeah. – it imploded. I don't fully understand that, like what, what happened there, but Ali left and it created bad blood and things went down. I mean, what's your take, Will? Biggest biggest management or player? Yeah. Like biggest I mistake think, the Warriors have made? Well, uh, I default to the Sean Johnson fiasco, but uh, probably the, the little segment of history where things went from great to horrific. Definitely that first half of 2004. Um, I talked to Mick Watson, one of the most interesting guys yeah. uh, to talk to. I talked to him for over an hour for the book, and I would have loved to put so much more of what he said into it. For, um, but yeah, he just said, "Look, we got we got too cocky. We thought we knew how to win the comp. Um, we got steamrolled by the Panthers in the 2003 prelim, and we just thought we needed." Uh, you know, big units, and we and we and Daniel Anderson was hell bent on bulking them up, and the game kind of changed on them, and yeah, they started getting flogged as soon as 2004 started unfolding, oh, and yeah, was that, and the, was that your that was your one too, Fonz, wasn't it? Was that yeah? When did Ali leave? Was yeah, that so that, and then that yeah. all led to that. I mean, you know, Stacey basically pulled himself out of um, yeah. out of out of the Anzac test because he was playing so poorly. Um, Ali left and, and several other players left mid-season as well. Yeah. Ali was a big fish. I mean, he was the, you know, yeah. close but to the world's best forward. But you're right, Fonz. That, that was the opportunity for the Warriors to cement oh, themselves right. as a constant threat in yeah. this competition. Because we were new, you know. like we, yeah. It could have been a like a real deal sort of club. 
Yeah. Instead, but I mean, it didn't take us. It didn't take us. uh, Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it didn't take us that long to get back there. I mean, you know, 2007, we were a top four team. You know, like now it just seems to be, you know, if at the end of the, this is a question I was going to ask you guys. I'm sorry if I'm um, butting in here, but if someone said to you after the 2011 grand final, like, I mean, I thought we're on our, you know, we're going to be a superpower. Everything's in place here, even though Cleary was leaving. Someone said to you, you're going to play one finals match in the next decade at the end of, in 10 years' time, you're going to be sitting on a podcast with two other blokes, Brad and, and uh, this guy that goes by Fonzie, bemoaning the fact that we've played one finals game in the next 10 seasons. How would you feel about that? I, honestly, I, I think I'd probably, I, I don't know. If someone told me that after the 2011 grand final, it would put, it burst into tears. Uh, and that's what I pinpointed as my, I know you're probably, that 2004 might be the case, but I pinpointed that Ivan letting go of Ivan Cleary, not giving him the contract he was after, as a massive turning point in the history of the Warriors. We were we were climbing, and yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, but, uh, is, yeah the brilliance yeah, is up the Warriors, still our team. Yeah, awesome I mean, it's, it's almost like Mate. a badge of honour. Yeah, but, but yeah, but... But let's not, you know, become fucking underdogs by nature, right? So yeah. there's 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 things that the Warriors have going for them, which is they should, if they don't fuck it up, have the first pick of New Zealand um, talent. And I'll tell you right now, the first pick of New Zealand talent wins a comp in the NRL every year, yeah. right? Every yeah. year, right? So that's the truth of it. So you get you get you know yourself organised to make sure you get the first pick of New Zealand talent and you're set, yeah. right? Then the next thing is um, you need the you know commercial support. Now we've always had that man. Like the Warriors are actually a commercially very viable <laughs> organisation, right? So the the Warriors don't have a problem, which is wash your own face and you know get, like so. What it comes down to is an ownership team, management team, and a coaching team, and by that I mean right down through the grades, right, who's in it for the long haul. That's all they need. That's all yeah. they need. Um, yeah. and, and, it, and it needs to be like – so that 20s team was gun, like one to comp, you know, whatever. But um, I don't know if – like because the Sydney clubs don't pick their 20s team based on what's going to win the 20s comp. They don't give a shit, <laughs> no, they don't, that, they don't give a shit about that. They pick their twenties team based on what's the right players. Like they can run last. They don't give a shit. What are the players who are most likely to make first grade in the system that first grade runs in three, four years' time? Right? Yeah. And so it, they don't care. Like they can run eighth in twenties. If the players they've picked are the players who are the most likely to come through at 20, 21, 22 and play first grade, they're happy. Right, I reckon we were just trying to pick a team that would win the twenties. Yeah, we were. We, we were. did finish last <laughs> in the last NYC, just slightly. But yeah, and and we've had very few, you know, very good players come through from our from junior ranks. Or even other teams haven't had out of those twenties successful teams in the Warriors. They haven't gone on to be great successes. 
likes of Takiaho, there's like yeah, you could some. pick half yeah. a dozen, but there was four or five years. So how many players is that? That's forty but, odd players that should be top guns in the NRL now. So it's not he, transferable. Here's a great example. So we've got Egan, right, as our starting hooker. Otakola, from what I've been told, is not an Egan clone. But when he yep. comes into first grade in the limited stints he had this year, yeah. he's played like an Egan clone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was interesting that we didn't see him. Yeah. So, down. so so people will say, well, Otokolo isn't as good as I thought. No, I say no. I say the coach has a system about how his hooker plays and he's got the next man up playing that way. And that might not be how the next man up wants to play, but until he's first man up, right, he fucking plays how the, you know. Coach wants him to play, yeah. Yeah, right. When he's number one, then we'll we'll change the way we play to suit him. But until then, everyone down the ladder plays how he plays. Because if you. That seems to be a bit of an anomaly. I've listened to a couple, one of your uh, pods where, you know, the team was changed for reasons out of Brown's control, suspension and injury. And, yeah. um, they, you know, started going wide early instead of punching through the middle and stuff. So that... Yeah, so this is um, my biggest criticism of Brownie this year. So my biggest defence of Brownie is that you can explain all the shit that happened this year through a lack of cohesion, right? That's my defence of Brownie. So my yeah. biggest criticism of Brownie is when he doesn't actually do things that cause cohesion. Because I'm like, yeah. man, like if if that's what is your problem, why are you adding, you know, chucking petrol on the fire, right? So um, when he does stuff like, for example, um, swapping halves out that don't need to be swapped out or, you know, and so on, he's just adding to the problem. Um, so with Otokolo, I can understand why he – came in and played a, a passing hookers game because we're not trying to change a whole team because it's a no, caller likes yeah, to run. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's, it's the same with other positions, but it's, I think Brownie um, through the year and Walsh is part of this. Cause you've got to change the team when Walsh comes in, like Walsh and two of us are Sheck are polar opposites, total yeah. polar opposites, right? Like, Two of us, Jack, big body, good defensively, great runner. You know, Walsh is the complete opposite. Small body, not yeah. good defensively, great passer, right? It's just totally different. Yeah. So you've got to mix it up. But um, I think Brownie kind of tends to look at what he's got this week and go, how do I get these blokes to play? But it doesn't work like that as far as I can tell. You've got to, you've got to play the same game 50 times with the whole squad um, before they actually get it, is is my yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, so Brownie's going. Oh, fuck it! I'll, I'll switch it up this week because I've got you know Lodge and I don't have. I don't think that works. So that's you, change, my, you change one player. You, you can't change seven, sixteen players around the one player you got to bring in. Yeah, and, and you can't make them practice something different to what they're going to do when he comes back. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, so that's that's probably my biggest concern around Brownie is he reckons he's sort of switching it up to he's switching it up a bit too it's much. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah Brown. Oh, it's just the jury's out. 
Yeah, it's getting a bit late over here, Fonzie, man. It's almost seven o'clock. Yeah, no, it's, know it's, it's I've got one more question for you. Um, you what sort of, uh, you know, I've only met you a couple of times face to face. What sort of uh, haircut do you normally roll? And, and you're getting a bit bushy there. Are you looking forward to getting a hairdresser or is, that, or is that just your general do? But I usually run a perm. Yeah, and Brad will tell you, never, never fight a man with a perm. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good call. Yeah, good call. And how's old mate throwing stones living in the glass ha- house? Take that head off, Will. Uh, geez, he can't. Re- he can't do. <laughs> Tell so. you what, put it on. Put it on. My um, my computer can't handle the glare. It's all just. It's all shitting itself here. Yeah. Now I've got a haircut tomorrow. Actually, I've got to go to haircut. I just got cancelled. Could you do it on a face mask? Yeah. Every eight weeks. Every eight weeks. I've just locked in. I don't change it now. It's locked it's in. Not. It's just. It's. it's look good. The, the Glenn Stewart. Oh, I'd, 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 I'd say Brad's the best looking bloke on his call. Whoa, point. whoa. Yeah. You haven't seen me you haven't seen the bod yet though. Like no. it's this is you're only seeing shoulders up at the moment. You, yeah, but, shoulders down. But that's my, all I worry about. My player rating goes downhill real quick. He's, he's quite pasty as well. I mean, yeah, I know. It's um no, I'm a I'm a horrendous looking male, but hey, that's all good. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to just about wind it up soon, boys. This has yeah, been no, I think we we've Brad. done well. It's um <laughs> it's a what it's, a, Two Push hours and two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. Oh, have effort. we been recording? Have we been recording all this? Fuck. Is this not yeah. the intro? I thought. Are we going to do the pod at some? I thought we're. Tr- I was trying to hurry it up to start the pod. Oh, some, okay. Get some quality audio out there, but we've just. Oh well, this is it. This is it. Hey, Fonz. Yeah, mate. You're a champion bloke. I've got to say, it's it's awesome to know a dude like you involved in it, and I cannot wait to finally actually clink these bottles together across a table and have have a decent night and go enjoy a footy game together, man. Your analysis is second to none. Um, it is. I think, regard, you know, anywhere in the game, but we're yeah. lucky to have you um, focusing on our club and it's, you know, it, it certainly influences how we look at, at the game and the Warriors and, um, yeah, I mean, who knows if it wasn't for you, we, Brad and I might have even flagged this. It's, it's great to have you as, you know, kind of in cahoots with us and doing these yeah. pods with you. It's been sensational. And, uh, yeah, long may you continue doing what you're doing and hopefully uh, with us as well. Thanks, man. Uh, look, I mean, I don't want to do a whole pissing in each other's pockets thing here, but... <laughs> Um, no, no, I, I wouldn't have said that. Tell us how good it is. Come on, come on, tell us. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the truth is, um, no, Will's Will's done the hard yards, the, the historian has the, um, <laughs> of the and that's important, and we shouldn't forget how important that is. Um, mm. But um, I'm unreliable, man. I'll, I'll podcast when I can and, you know, and so on. But... Um, Will's contribution to the club over years is is very reliable and very important, and um, and you know Brad is firstly um, someone who keeps Will going, um, but secondly, he, he's he's the real fucking fan out of here, right? You know, um, you, you're the guy who's who's seen it, you know, like through the the lens of what's going on, I think. Um, 
And as for me, man, I, I don't I don't even know why I'm doing it, to be honest. I have no That's idea. That's the why. same as us, man. My wife asked me, what are you doing? What? You're doing it on the pod? Why? What? I don't know why? Doing it. What do you got to talk about? But, but I think the answer is um, I consume all this media and stuff about footy and stuff, you know, and, and my team. And I look at it and I go, I can do better than a lot of that. And the fans deserve better than a lot of that, you know. And um, it's not about – like I, I do it anonymous, anonymously. You guys do it very subtly. It's not about – personal grandiosity it's not about any of that um it's not about fanboying it, or kissing ass or anything either it's it's not about selfies or whatever it's it's about um it's about just you know like talking some good stuff about our footy team and that's what we're here for you know so we're at the lena mate we're just a couple of blokes at the lena talking about our footy team and it, the passion it, we've got for it, it. and if someone finds it entertaining and um yeah full marks to them and and, and between us, based on what I know, there'll be well into the four figures of people who are in lockdown today who will listen to this and go, yeah, fuck, that was worth, you know, that was better than fucking sitting around scratching my ass. So, ah, decent. That's all we're doing it for. That's all we're doing it for. Just pride and passion. More, nothing less. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad, if I can just take this opportunity, probably being our last pot of the year, thanks again, mate. I can't believe we're. It, this was all of your. This was your suggestion at the start. There's no way I could do what Fonzie does and and um, you know sit there talking. How does he go it alone? It is oh man, it's so tough. Like I mean, I've thought about doing the odd one by myself, but fuck that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was your push that got this started, and geez, we were horrific at the start. But I mean, now we're three seasons deep. We've had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of shithouse episodes, but, you know, I think we've gone all right a few times, and, um, yeah, just thanks. We're for not defeatists. We don't quit. But, I mean, and, and, you know, this is kind of an extension of what I do for a job, but you're at the fucking, you know, you're grinding it out, fucking blue-collar Brad, and, and you still turn up and do this even when you can't be fucked, and, yeah, uh, appreciate it, bro. What else will I do? I'll be helping Trace bath kids and freaking cook dinners right? <laughs> gives me a night off for the week mate yeah well should we do should we do five nights a week yeah it's, it's gonna be a daily pod starting tomorrow <laughs> what should we do a pod on tomorrow we'll do it on uh lawn care let's do a pod on lawn care tomorrow night Fuck, i could tell you some stories about that <laughs> for that market mustn't be too many podcasts about lawn care that could be an opportunity lads okay stay tuned everyone yeah spin off, spin off podcast Oh, All right. well, uh, you look after yourself, lads, eh? Yeah, yeah seriously. Boys. Everyone out there, um, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, you're staunch. And um, these are difficult times. Things will change. And we will be there next year cheering. Fucking go the Warriors. Yeah, thanks for everyone that's stuck by our podcast, sends messages, all that sort of thing, all the great feedback. We you know, really appreciate it. Hard to believe, but, um, yeah, we appreciate all of you and uh, everyone doing it. We're a bit tough under lockdown. Just uh, stick at it. We'll get out of it at some point. Do the sign-off, Will. Uh, good evening, Brad. Good evening, Fonz. Go the Warriors. Good evening, Will. <laughs>